five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> Hey, 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 YouTubers and friends, how are all of you doing tonight? Welcome to another Tuesday Night Hangout Live. Tonight, I have a friend of mine, fellow gold. Well, compared to me, you know, I, I'm just a recreationalist, a prospector, and dredger. My friend Brian Wilder's. Uh, He's pretty hardcore dredger, dredged all around the country, been behind the nozzle on in the Bering Sea and behind the camera on uh, Bering Sea <laughs> under the ice. And uh, you all know American Gold Prospectors. He's in the chat right now. But we have... The one and only Steve Rydell from Bering Sea Gold joining us tonight um, should be, it is going to be a really, really, really big show. Um, I see some great people in the chat. Rocky Mountain Prospector. Hey, Brad, how are you? Graveyard prospecting, like I said, give me a message on FB or something and we'll get you on. I think I'm booking for March, April, March, May right now. So, um, all good, buddy. Hot mess fishing. Hello. How are you? Excellent, I hope. Uh, Isaiah, good to see you. Thanks for dropping in. Also, who else we have in here? GoPro Unlimited, good to see you, Jeff. David Alfonsati, hello, hello, hello. Moto Mining, my Canadian, Canadian friends. Ron F. Prospecting and Outdoor Adventures, good to see you, brother. Uh, Yeti, how you doing, Yeti Mountain Trading? Good to see you, Chris. RT, hello, hello, hello. Um, 
Oh, I don't know if I can stop stop Steve from touching anything. You know, I think my studio's safe though. Um, who else is in here? Why Gold? Good to see you, my friend Rob. I see we have coast to coast in here. Hobo pro Rob prospecting. Excellent. Eric Carter, good to see you, brother. Say hi to your boy for me. Um, get on the river, I hope, next year with you two again. That'd be great. And welcome back as a channel member, chilling and grilling adventures uh, with Dan B. Thank you very much. I greatly appreciate it. Um, any, well, I think we'll take it to the other studio and or the other set <laughs> and get this party started. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Anger management's what it is. There's no no management to his anger. You know? <laughs> We're live, everybody. <laughs> Welcome, Brian. Good to have you back on Tuesday night hanging out live. And thank you for being my guest co-host, my friend. Yeah, thanks for having me. And Steve, thanks for joining us. I hope you're not driving right now. No, it's it's all I'm parked right now. I got my seatbelt off, and so I'm just hanging out, being safe. I just happened to be in my car right here at the witching hour, and uh, you know, I'll just you know endure here in the parking lot of Safeway. <laughs> well, we'll we'll work with you here when you have to drive again. We'll we'll try not to be a distraction to you. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Well, it's not. I'm glad to be here. Uh, I love to work with Brian, and and uh, he made the my time with Vernon uh, somewhat uh, palatable. Um, yeah. Vern's a curmudgeon. Um, Brian, Brian's such an easygoing guy, you know, he just wants to get the gold. There's not a whole lot of ego that needs to get in the way. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Yeah. Doesn't need to get in the way. So, you know, I'm sure there's a big ego there somewhere hiding Brian, but, uh, uh, it doesn't get in the way of you, uh, just, just focusing on the project at hand, which is in 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 Nome, Alaska, is getting the gold. It's not worth oh, yeah. being there for much else. 
That's that's what I've heard. That's name what I've heard. Name of the game. Heard. Name of the game. So hey, I have a big question. How 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 did you even get started in Gnome? Um, probably because of Emily, I would imagine. But uh, let let's hear the story. Let's hear about um how you wound up being from just Steve Rydell to the gold getting Steve Rydell right. of Gnome, Alaska. <laughs> well, uh, you know in in 2010, uh, Zeke was asking everyone to go gold mining with him next year to 11. Uh, and everybody in Homer got an invitation and, and Emily and I and and Grant Wilkins took the took the charge up and we went up there. I had my own reasons and it's a long story and I won't get into it, but I, I went up there knowing absolutely nothing about gold and and really Zeke didn't know that much at all either because he'd only got a half a season in. This was his second season. Our season was his only his second. And yeah. and he didn't know, you know, and so we were all learning, uh, you know, I'd never been in a wetsuit. So I, I'd never hookah dove or worked on any of that equipment. And um, so when, when, um, I hooked Zeke up with Vernon because I knew Vernon liked gold mining. And and I went to Vernon looking for a loan for the Ranger. Oh. And, yeah, because I had the Ranger first. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was just a sailboat. It was a racing uh, catamaran. And uh, I went to, to, to Vernon because I know he was loaded. And uh, I said, Vernon, I've got this friend and he's, He's in mining and he's going to help me build this boat. You know, can I borrow not enough money to do this? I had a totally stank. Oh, geez. Uh, yeah. Oh, I would have fallen. I would have run out of money in the middle of the season. It was, uh, I didn't know anything about what I was doing. Absolutely nothing. And so Vernon got a hold of Zeke and he had Zeke build the, he bought the, he bought it. He bought the okay. boat. He bought the, yeah, that's, and anyway, so we went up kind of together. Um, I was going to be co-captain of the, of the uh, Ranger with um, Grant, the red haired guy. Yep. Yep. And we helped build that boat and then middle of building it. Well, he fired us and then I don't know at all. It's all crazy. It's all crazy right there in the beginning. So was was that boat was it uh just a regular boat or did it um was it already a dredge or did you kind of have to figure out how to make a dredge or oh well it, we took a sailboat and made it oh, actually it was Zeke Zeke did most of the early work uh it's basically taking a catamaran racing sailboat to turn it into a dredge oh wow I totally forget I must have was that on the show because uh, I don't remember seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The the oh, the original Ranger was the, the the I think the only Ranger Wild Ranger was that converted catamaran, and he put oh it, huh. it went for so many modifications from from that it got another set of pontoons and got a cab and then it got bigger and more engines and bigger engines and huh huh yeah, yeah uh, so that was season one. Yeah, that was season one, and and you'll see me. I'm diving, and and the um, the transmission's all wrong. You know, it's only really producing twenty horsepower. So oh. I stick my hand right in front of the nozzle, 
and I'm doing this coaxing the sand in just to show everybody that it's crazy. Uh, we don't have enough horsepower. You know, our system's wrong, but we're down here filming anyway. Yeah, yeah. How was it on your first dive? Was it scary? Like, just your first jumping off the boat and just sinking down to the bottom of the ocean? Oh, oh, and a big current, too. Oh, Six-knot current. Damn. Yeah. Was it yeah. freaky? Were you nervous? Six-knot current. That's a pretty good more, current. More excited than nervous. Oh, okay. Shush, I'm on TV. Shush, 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 shush. shush. Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, carting carting the grandkids around today? Yeah, I got two of them in the back there. They're eating uh, ice cream or something. No. Oh, there oh, you go. Life happens. It is only what a quarter after five in Alaska right now. Uh, quarter after four. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're four hours behind us. That's right. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. See, there you go. I, I, um, yeah. So anyway, so the yeah, the early times that that first season was was crazy learning curve because uh Emily pretty much was a newbie, I was a newbie and and Zeke had, as I say he had about a half a season uh, of uh, gold mining um and and Vernon of course, you know, he's he's Vernon, he's uh going 100 miles an hour and um, not really knowing what he's doing, but hoping people, you know, would heave too. And um, yeah. um, Zeke knew an excellent uh, fabricator up there and okay. he really helped us. Yeah. 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 So uh, yeah. Did, was, is that the, is that when Vernon hired, um, uh, what's a guy that got mad a lot at that first season? Um, oh, 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 um, Meisterheim. Meisterheim. Yeah, was that the Scott. year Meisterheim started? Scott, yeah, Scott Meisterheim. Scott, because you wound okay, up working. Uh, no, right? Scott was uh, Scott was okay. Scott was after Mike. Mike was this um, gold miner that um, that that that. Well, he had he somehow got Vernon's ear, and so he he uh, decided to hire him and. The, the contract was he got like 300 bucks a day and until the uh the boat went in the water and then and then the money ran out and and so when he came aboard the first thing he did was get rid of me and, and grant because we were in the way and then and then he started partying and he he used vernon's place because vernon was gone and yeah. he used vernon places party central he was getting money from Vern. he wasn't doing any work and just having a ball. And then uh Vernon kind of got wind of it. And then we were we were kind of forcing ourselves back into the project, working for free, both of us. And we finished and got the, the boat in the water. Mm. And then Vernon decided to change engines. So we went from a known system to a system that only had um half of a horse of uh, just 10 horsepower trans no a 20 horsepower transmission hmm. yeah it, it it was a 40 horsepower engine with a 20 horsepower transmission uh oh yeah that's to the not, pump that's not good yeah. for those strong currents yeah it 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 would burn out if you ask more than like 20 horsepower the the belts would shred oh man well, I, I was just getting over a current of 
under the Bering Sea of six knots, that's like 36 miles an hour, right? A knot no, no, six. no, it's, it's uh, like seven miles an hour. Oh, yeah, okay, so, so it's even yeah. more than 30. Oh. I, I thought a knot was like six miles an hour. No, 1.15. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. No, that's all right. No, no, oh, I'm that... thinking of a fathom. A fathom is six feet, right? Six feet is a fathom, yeah. Fat. Yep. Don't have a blind moment. They got all types of weird stuff. <laughs> Actually, Steve knows all this stuff really good because he's a he's a pilot, so you deal with knots a lot, right? Yeah, we compute some things in knots. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I just think in knots. When I think in wind or current, I always think in knots and yeah, the, the first time all the systems were up and Emily and uh, e Zeke and myself were, were uh, going to do our first practice dive. Our, well, well, not not Zeke, but the two of us, um, there was a big current and uh, Emily jumped in the water without knowing it. And so she just goes, she just goes oh, this man. way, you know, and then we're all, we're all pulling her in and everything. And it was, and she got back on board and it was like, oh my goodness, there's a big, a big uh, current down there. And, and, and I, and was, she was shaken up a little shaken up because there was no planning. But if you just thought about it, you know, um, it was okay. You know, we're, we only were in like um, maybe 17 feet of water. So mm -hmm. it was, you know, once you got down to the bottom, you could handle the current. Yeah. You know, so my first practice, I, I I was next. And so I went down there and battled current. But I he had a 40 horsepower motor on it. It was a little overpowered. So it did have a lot of a lot of powerful suction, you know, and it and you had to that. watch out. for that, You know, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a great it was a great machine. You know, the Clark, that was our first my first machine were there. Okay, yeah, I remember, yeah. I remember the Clark on, on the show. Yeah. When you guys were yeah. first there, though, um, there, there wasn't very many um, dredgers out there, right? Not until the show kind of started. Then yeah. the whole oh, thing came. oh, yeah, just, uh, you know, a handful. There were like maybe six or seven that would, you know, somebody up there in Nome would be working on, you know. I, I think there were maybe the real good, the real strong professional ones, you know, the, the 10 inchers with, uh, you know, 70 horsepower. There were there were two of those running, mm -hmm. you know. So there was some serious gold mining going on. There right. might have been even three of them. I don't know. You know but and then yeah. after uh, after they filmed the show and released it, uh, next couple of years, right? There was a whole army of people that came, like a gold rush. Yeah, like <laughs> a gold bet. rush. I bet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I think thirty of them anyway. Thirty. Jeez, wow. <laughs> That's my guess. Yeah, thirty. Oh. Yeah, we all got our asses kicked too, even <laughs> me. So hey, when you first went up there, um, uh, did they film you from day one? So how was it like uh, the first time? You know, cameras came up to you and mic'd you up and did all that. How how was so, that experience? Well, I we'd been we'd been mining. Um, Zeke, uh, Emily, and I had been mining for two weeks. And uh, we were approached by uh, Original Productions Discovery. Oh, and, oh so, so you were mining before you were even hired as a, a film as a crew? Oh, yeah. I was a real miner. I thought OP brought you up there. No, 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 no. Oh, oh no. We went oh, up there wow. totally ignorant of the t television. 
totally oh, so you were there before TV and all that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, we were there before oh, TV. Yeah. I thought you went up yeah. because of TV. No, huh. oh no, no, okay, no, no. Okay. That that was yeah. They um uh oh man, I can't forget the man's name. Um, he, he he's there's a some uh anyway, someone had gotten original productions to come up with with a crew and and start filming and we had been there for two weeks and they showed up about a week later and they were asking everyone that they saw you know would you like to be on tv would you you know that would you like to be on tv and just that and then um that guy pointed us out and the tv came over and asked us would we like to be on? it was like oh what the heck what could go wrong? Or you know, it was yeah. like, yeah, that sounds exciting. Something to do. Something different. So there we go. They just they yeah they plugged it in. They started uh, obedience training right away. So that was it. So they came up to you and like, hey, you want to be on TV? And you're like, hell yeah, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, let's do this. Exactly. Exactly. Just uh, yeah, let's do, do, do started, it. You know? um, they started rigging up your boat with cameras and everything, and uh, the cameras on the boat. They didn't do, I, I, gosh darn, it's hard to say. I don't know if there was a fixed camera on the boat the first year. Maybe, okay. maybe by the middle of the season, end of season. You see, um, we started filming and they did, you know, uh, they, 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 they started filming us. And uh, after a while, uh, Scott Meisterheim got uh, too aggressive with me. And I just quit. Hmm. You know, and um, so I I was gone by middle of season or something or well doing something else. I started gold mining with somebody else, not okay. on my times, not on Vern's boat. So I went to another boat. It was kept yeah. by and started doing things like, and like help Zeke or Emily or something, right? No, it was some. It was Mike Benshaw actually. Oh, okay. Huh. Wow, that's that's funny. I th I thought all you guys like made a deal with OP, then went to know. I didn't know no, you. No, 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 no. All the you OP... guys are working. Oh, wow. Huh. Yeah, yeah. So um, Vernon was up there. You were up there, Emily and Zeke. Yeah. So yeah. So Vernon Vernon was kind of the money man, and then Zeke was sort of the 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 only experienced guy that got us into it. Yeah. And then we started meeting more. Uh, shady gold miners Vern did and 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 kept going because he'd learned something or some from some gold miner about something and he kept going and and then yeah a couple I think uh about two or three weeks after we showed up in Nome the TV showed up and, and asked Vern too they, they wanted to know if Vern wanted to come so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all good it was all it was all we started it all so how was it the first day that you got filmed? Was it, was it like nerve wracking or um, like the first day they mic'd you up and yeah, I it was well, it's hard not to you know like be really super conscious of of camera and you know you're being mic'd and all that. So yeah, that's it's uh, memorable. Yeah. Um, I well, you know, you went through it, but but my impression was. Well, what's next? You know, this is all an experience now. What are they doing? What What are we doing? And so I had two things going on: new TV. I'd never 
known about TV ever, and I'd never known about gold mining. So I was having two new experiences at once. Yeah, that's funny. Has anyone yeah. in your family uh, prospected before you went up there? Your no. father or grandfather? No. No. Huh. no. I barely knew how to run a gold pan. I mean, I knew, I you know, we, you know, we had them. You know, Alaska, there's gold everywhere, so yeah. you have them, but. And I've, I have actually seen color in my gold pan, but I'd only done it like five times. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's fun. Huh. Yeah. yeah no, surprising. I, th- I thought, I thought that they hired you and, and yeah. brought you up there. To, oh, wow. No, we went up there on our own. I, I had, um, I had a bit, had a shoulder injury from working for FedEx uh, for three years. I was out of work. So I was like, this was like, okay. I'm bankrupt. I'm just yeah. going up there on a lark and um, I couldn't find work and my shoulder had pretty much healed. And um, there I was, the lightning <laughs> struck. You know? oh. Yeah. Did you right guys find the right time, huh? Yeah, I was. I was at the right place at the right time, doing the right thing. Gold mining. Did you guys do pretty good your first season as far as gold? Did you guys find gold or? Uh, I. No, I. Okay. So I had one really good dive on Zeke's boat mm-hmm. and I found a place that you could, it was a triangle that Paul Maranke had made where he missed. He got this angle of the triangle, this side of the triangle and this side and he left about a 50 square foot patch of gold. And it was, it was ounce an hour. It was ounce an hour stuff. And with this little, and I, it was my first time really, I mean, everything else was practice. And yeah. this is my first time really going down and being serious. And I found this patch and I sucked it all up. And I think the paycheck was like three grand. It, it it saved me. It saved me. And, and I would have been gone. I was broke. But yeah, it yeah. saved me in Nome. It saved me to stay there because uh-huh. Discovery wasn't paying us. We were oh, free. You, oh, yeah, you're free. free. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We're doing it for free. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty grand, man. Uh, up in, especially yeah, was, up in Nome. Yeah. Oh, oh, it was like I was just eating ramen before that. And now I figure, well, I can I can survive here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those yeah. days when you go down and, and you actually see the gold going up the nozzle, those are good days. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. It was yeah. you could see the gold right on the ground. Shush, you guys. Wow. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Huh. Yeah, yeah. It was my best ever. And you know, after uh, you know, you know, being on TV, it was I don't, I didn't get much diving in, you know, really, because it's between the equipment failures and, you know, you got to be up top because the cameramen aren't, they didn't have cameramen down. They didn't have divers uh, the first year. Oh, they didn't have any camera divers? No. Oh, wow. And there's no, no problem with GoPros back in 2010, right? Well, no, we had go. We had uh, the first model GoPro. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you those had the housings and stuff too. That's back when they were pretty acceptable to getting damage from water, you know, because if the housing leaked, 
it's not, oh, yeah, not right. like yeah. the gold GoPros we have now, Brian. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I I I don't re recall any GoPros down. They gave us, you know, like stuck it on. They they did that later. They stuck the GoPro on the nozzle. You know, yeah. but I, not the first year. Yeah, they they would give GoPros to me and uh, on like a, this little tripod, and I would bring it down and then put it in the hole in front of me, you know, and work and move move it around, you know. Yeah, uh, you put them on your mask. Uh, yeah, you put them like under the boat, and there'd be GoPros like everywhere. We don't even know where they are. They're just I'll be climbing yeah. down the ladder and like under the boat, like he stuck one on with a magnet. You know, there'd be a GoPro. Like, oh damn, I didn't even see that one. You know, when you gotta go to the bathroom, you gotta look around. You know, you try yeah, to use it, yeah, and there's drones up, and like, yeah. no, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to take a whiz over here. Leave me alone. That's it. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, but no, that, that that's cool. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely a fun experience. And you were on for what ten years or eight years or something? I was still on for four, and then they had me back for three, so seven. Totally. Wow, seven, seven seasons, yeah. damn. Seven seasons, yeah. I had a ball. I learned a lot about people, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. and got to work with a lot of really cool people and artists, you know. You know, who's real. Funnest, I mean, uh, who's the funnest team that you work with? Oh, it's definitely. Uh, it's really Zeke, right? Well, oh, as, oh, as far as diving goes, yeah, oh. as far as like uh, you know, being on their boat and diving and hanging and. Well, uh, you know, Zeke, Zeke wants to do all the diving himself. So I didn't get to dive on after that. See, that was just that one time. Um, what boats I've been on that I get to dive, that would be, you know, like, you know, Jason Walker. Okay. He was fun to work with. Yeah. 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 Jason was the funnest crewman I ever had. <laughs> and then Chris, Chris Kelly was fun too. Yeah. Noisy, but fun. Yeah. I worked with him you know and and uh yeah he, he's fun um, yeah i think i remember uh when they very first went there you you were working with those guys right uh they had the well, small I, little reaper dredge i think the little tiny one uh well they they were working on the minnow they worked on the minnow at first oh okay yeah that was a long time ago i kind of yeah they dove on the minnow and uh uh, both Brad and Chris. I don't think uh, Andy ever dove on the minnow. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think Andy was a diver back then. But anyway, Chris and uh, and Brad dove on it. Yeah. So and then they built their own boat after that. Okay. Huh. Yeah, there's all all types of switching going around and moving. You know, people moving from boat to boat, and you know, it's a uh, kind of well, hard to keep track yeah. of. Well, in the first year, um, they 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 took over uh, Vernon's uh, uh, shore mining operation. He had a beach mining operation. The Kellys did. Okay. And they um they yeah they uh, Vernon and and uh, his daughter were getting about an ounce a day. Damn. Yeah. So that's worth being you know doing it. And then but the Kellys are. They must be lazy or something. They only got a half ounce a day after that. <laughs> they probably put the other half in their pocket and only, yeah, I, we got an ounce well, today. I, 
Yeah, I, I won't make any judgment. So anyway, so Vern fired him and kicked him out of his house. Kicked him out of the trailer there at Nome. Oh, uh, okay. And then they came up and lived with me at Steve's World. Yeah, uh, I remember Steve's tent. World. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. they brought their tent up to Steve's World. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, that's when um, I think I remember, uh, Didn't uh, weren't they giving you trouble and you called the cops on them? And, oh, no, that was Meisterham, right? Uh, Meisterheim was, yeah, was threatening yeah. me and threatening, yeah, and I called the cops on them. And the cops, uh, you know, they they said, can't do anything about it. You know, he's Meisterheim after all. Yeah, yeah. So if you had to work for either Meisterheim or Vernon, whose boat would you? <laughs> oh, Vern's every time. He's fun okay. to work with. <laughs> you know, he's noisy, but he's he's okay. I mean, you can't really take him seriously. Yeah. That's no, I, to... I seen you guys. You guys are like best buddies. Yeah, we are. You guys, I can tell you guys are very secret best buddies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's my secret best buddy. You want to go to where are you going to go? Okay, do you want to go to um, uh, Ulmer's? What for? Hannah, what do you need to go to? Oh, huh? Oh, I wrote the resume. Okay, yeah. Hey, can I have a five minute break? Or yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, let me take a five minute break. I'll be right back. Okay, okay. okay. I'm gonna pin you up, Brian. Cool, cool. And we, I have some. This is brilliant. Uh, I I have some questions put in the Zoom chat for you that some people have put in change the size of the screen a little so it's better uh, it's four hours between us and and um steve so you know life goes on everybody so i'm sure he's driving back get safe and um they're in homer now right so hopefully you don't have to drive too far out of town <laughs> so, but yeah you, i think you just, heard them five minutes yeah i just got the grandkids i think they're shuffling the grandkids around today <laughs> yeah well i don't know if you saw my granddaughter did her usual surprise attack with me while we while we're live and um, yeah so cool. i had to let her sit on my lap and look at the chat room and stuff peanut buddy how you doing and he Dodi, i think i'll get your name right from now on except when i call you dotty <laughs> I appreciate all you being here tonight. I hope you're all enjoying the show with Steve Rydell as our guest and my guest co-host, Brian Wilder, which you all know. Uh, is Brian out of Pater yet for sale? Uh, no, he has a handful left. So you better get them while they're hot. Limited edition. Hannah, just you go in. Don't, don't, don't you go in, Clara. Okay. All right. Yeah. 
gold went up today. Uh, I think it's like uh, 2040 or something. I heard, when, heard, I made, heard. when I made the pay dirt bags, it was only like uh, 2000 okay, or like 1980 or something like that. So I already pre-made the bags for that day's gold price. So now it's worth even more. Right, right. So you better get them now because, hey, <laughs> it, before he changes the next batch, you know, so. <laughs> hey, I think we got Steve back. Hey, you're, you, Gary Simpson's yeah. in the chat room. Oh, Gary's in here. Hey, Gary, Gary. how you doing, buddy? All right. What's up, Gary? Let me unpin you. Our guest is back. So we got a couple of questions for you, uh, Steve, uh, from the chat. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll go down. Uh, this one's from Moto Mining. He says, I've heard there's a problem with getting paid if you're on a TV show. Did you ever get trouble getting paid when you're on the TV show? Well, once they made a contract with me, um, and for the it was for ICE. The first season of ICE is the first contract they made. Um, no, never. But before no. that, you pretty much worked for free until they, you got yeah. a contract. The first year, I worked for free. Yeah, yeah, they just filmed me for free, and they said, you know, this may or may not make a show. It, it may be a flop right away, and so you're going to have to risk a little bit of uh, nu nuisance, you know, people in your head, in, in yeah. your face. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's yeah. see. Uh this one's from Johnny Turtle. Hey guys, uh, why do you rarely see the divers get their cut of uh, the gold on camera? Oh, good question. They 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 never filmed that part. It was just the the gross. They never filmed the divvying out of uh, gold. Yeah, I mean they filmed it, but they never showed it. Yeah, yeah. But to tell it you, definitely the truth, happened. The two the two years I was working for Vern up there doing it and. We never, we did the divvying up, but they actually yeah. never, they never filmed us divvying it up for some reason. They just wanted yeah. to total. Yeah. yeah. All huh. right. This one's from uh, Terry Curry. Uh, it's a Steve. What was your worst moment in Gnome? Um, well, uh, what, what do you think? I should answer it. Gold mining moment or on land moment? <laughs> both. Let's do both. How about oh, a mining, mining worst uh, moment? Yeah. Yeah. I think the worst moment was running out of air at the end of 85 feet under ice. Ooh, 85 feet of, of a hose. What happened? Uh, we had a big, big, long hose, and I was out at the end of it, and the um, uh, the, the metal fitting on the hose uh, on my umbilical uh, froze up. And, uh, yeah, so it was like, oops, you know, and nice hurry scurry, you know, I, everything was, everything was working. I mean, I hadn't, I hadn't wrapped the umbilical around the, the, um, the, the hose or around the ladder or something like that. Everything was, it was clear. And so I just scurried up the hose, you know, like a squirrel and a, a surface. That'd definitely be freaky. Yeah, it was. I was, uh, I, you know, I look back and, and there, you know, there was that body of knowledge available, but we just didn't avail ourselves of it about, you know, about, you know, putting neoprene over your mask or like, like when you're breathing um, and you have a respirator freeze up, it, it'll give you some warning, you know, 
And, and we, we didn't have any of that information. Just kind of learned it as you went, huh? We learned it as I went. It was stupid. And I, I, I think, um, well, I think, you know, we, we, uh, we were hanging the motor on the Ranger, the, the, uh, the outboard motor on the Ranger and Grant had a, like was in the water holding on to basically holding on to the motor and it, and we sort of let it go and we almost drowned him. Oh, yeah. Well, he was holding on to the motor. It almost took him under and was going to fall on top of him. So, Damn. so we almost killed Grant. That was probably the worst moment on land. Jeez. You know, it was half in land, half in water working on the boat. Yeah. Yeah. Almost killing Grant working on the boat. That was a another bad time. I'm sure there's lots of bad times. Yeah. A lot of close calls, I'm sure. Uh, let's see here. Uh, um, y Gold uh, Metal Detecting Adventures. So, what about the camera system that Vern has set up? Is that for safety or other reasons? Oh, that's uh, that's probably for from Vernon's. Uh, I think he's talking about the camera on the on the oh. diver. So I guess I'll answer that one. That one's just um, uh, Vernon has that on there. He just likes to see what the diver's doing, and, and plus, in case you lose communication, he can do hand signals. Uh, he just likes to watch, you know, what's going on, and you know, it's good for the TV guy too. When there's no camera down there, the TV camera guy, he'll focus in on the big TV that Vern has with the diver uh, doing his thing. Uh, let's see. That's all the questions for now. If anyone else has questions, keep them coming. Yeah. Um, make sure you tag me too. So they jump out at me and I can relay them to Brian. So uh, uh, Gary's giving you a hard time. Damn, Steve, I would think, as much of hot air you blow, it would keep the regulator thawed out. Gary Simpson saying that. He said, just kidding, buddy. <laughs> it's the steam. It's my steam. You know? Yeah. The hot air coming out. Yeah. Too much, too much vapor in it. Steam freezes. Yeah, steam freezes. So, um, when you're not gold mining, you like to pilot, right? You got a, you got your own plane, and pilot. Yeah, I have a small, a little two seater uh, airplane, metal, all metal, Luscom. It's called a Luscom AE for those that might know. And uh, I, it's the first airplane I've ever owned. I've been a pilot pretty much since I was twelve. Oh, I think I learned how to fly when I was a kid. I love and then flying. I, oh, it's a hoot. I don't big care trip. what size of the plane either, Steve. Uh -huh. Small, oh, big. Okay. How was love it to uh, get your license? Was it, was it difficult to get, get um, a pilot? You're good. You know, you know, pretty much anyone that's healthy and can drive a car can fly an airplane. Pretty much. Yeah. There might be an issue or two that eliminates you but for the most part it's it's a matter of just setting your mind to it you know that it just focusing on it and and in 
and diving deep, you know, getting into it and learning and being humble and following through and you well, make you a good time. You got to take like classes and then get so much class time. And then, um... yeah, you take a, a, you know, like a, a, a college class, you learn about all the other, the paperwork and some of the navigation and, and then you, you know, you take airplane skills, you know, part where you fly the airplane, learn how to fly an airplane. And, and yeah, between the two, you get good enough, you fly around. Not hard. What kind of trips yeah. have you made? Well, I, I flew, uh, when I was 15, I flew from Portland to uh, Fairbanks, Alaska. Damn, well, when you were 15? Nice flight. Yeah, when I was 15. Well, I was with my dad. Okay. My dad and brother. Yeah, huh. yeah, but I did a lot of the flying. That's cool. And then when I was uh, 23, 23, I flew from uh, Anchorage, Alaska. Shush. I flew from Anchorage, Alaska to um, Fort Worth, Texas. Wow. In a that's small far. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, it was far. And I got to do half the flying. I, I was a proficient pilot by then. And uh, the owner of the plane let me do half the flying, so it was it was a ball. Oh, I just loved it, you know. How high up do those go? Like twenty thousand feet or something? No, you don't want to go more than twelve thousand five hundred, and only for short amount of times. You don't you don't stay around uh, below ten thousand. Is that because um, you need thicker air or something? You, you start passing out above twelve five. Oh, the, oh, the your brain doesn't work; it stops oh. working. Twelve well, five, thirty. Yeah, yeah. Not enough O two. Oh, I see. Huh. Yeah. Wow. You ever so think about uh, doing a seaplane? Or that seemed like that that would be really money, fun. money, money. Seaplane means more money than than airplane. So you don't want that. That'd be cool just to go remote lakes in Alaska. Oh, and I love and it. Oh, I'd love a seaplane. Yeah. Too, too expensive. Uh, well, you know, I'll start, you know, I'll start out low. I'll, I, I got lots to do with the land plane. Lots to do with it. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. We got another question here. Uh, did you ever meet Hurricane Dave? Oh, I, I made great TV with Hurricane Dave. Are you kidding? That's nope, the nope. sponge diver from Florida, right? No, no. He's the yeah. nude diver. The wet diver? The nude sponge diver. He does it. Oh, nude, nude. nude. Okay. Yep. Oh, Honestly, God, he, he he does it in the nude. Yeah, he's told me. Um, when I when I met him last year, he says, uh, he yeah, he strips down. He takes everything off and he goes down and and he does it in the nude, except for his boots. Ah, uh, he must have fins on, I guess. <laughs> fins and a mask. But no, he was being he's drop dead serious. He's like, yeah, I do it in the nude. I'm like, oh. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what about those fish eating your noodle? Uh, you know, got a <laughs> He's like, no, nah, they leave me alone. I'm like, all right, well, one of these days they won't. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. No, Dave, he's a, he's a funny bastard. He's. Whoa. He's very, he's very intense. Yeah, he's intense. That's for sure. But you were, you were there when, uh, when he first came on, right? When he first, uh, introduced himself, uh, to, to Vern, I was standing in back of Vern with my eyes wide open, just like, who is this guy? He's talking like uh, 
talking like mid-Victorian uh, uh, British or something like that. It was very formal uh, approach to language. And it was like, what's going on here? Yeah, it, ca- it caught my eye immediately. <laughs> yeah, on the, I don't know what happened for real, but on the TV show, it was all about the weight belt. He was like, oh, like, we're, I can't believe they don't have a weight belt. Blah, blah, blah. And he just kept on going yeah. on and on. Yeah, there was uh, that, and the, he also didn't like our air compressor. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah he, he flipped out about the air compressor. The second time he came up, when I was up there, um, he came to do it a second, a second try, and same thing. He freaked out about the way our air system was, and he brought all these nuts and bolts and and fittings, and he had like his own stuff, and he's like, "I can't believe you dive on! You're gonna die! You're all gonna die!" <laughs> he went off. It was funny. <laughs> I, I don't think they filmed any of that. It was it was just me and him inside the boat, and I I think I got it on my GoPro and uh, yeah. made a video with it. But uh, oh my god, it was funny as hell. Yeah, he's a funny guy. Yeah, yeah. But the producers, I mean, who produces gold? You know, um, Sean Palmeranke. So you got to give that credit to him. He's the gold king. Yeah, yeah, he does it. He does it hardcore. Yeah, he does it. Uh, phew. yeah, I've seen him in action, man. When uh, when he's mining, he'll he'll mine for weeks on end and not even take a break. He just goes and goes and goes when you know when the weather's good. And then when he's not in the ocean mining, he comes back home. And when he's home, he's mining uh, on land and at home too. So, but yeah, he's a he's a kick ass miner. That's for sure. Yeah, and his old, uh, I see his old man. Uh, even like last year, I, I would be, or the year before, I think I'd be just driving around and uh, going all back. It'll be like two in the morning, you know, still daylight out. And I would see the old man and, and the big D nine dozer just put, he's out there by himself, just like moving dirt. It was like two in the morning. I'm like, wow, the old man, he's definitely still got the gold fever. Yeah. You think he's he'd ever retire up. the old man? Nah, it's in his blood. He loves it. I think I think he's gonna mine forever. <laughs> he's got a he's got a mine in uh, northern Arizona. Oh yeah, yeah, I've heard something. Yeah, yeah. So he'll mine there in in the in the winter. Yeah, yeah. I think no, uh, we're gonna wait. Got ten minutes. Well, you you're know, if you're not working under the ice or something, I wouldn't blame him at all for snowbirding in Arizona. You know. I would like to be in Arizona right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I usually head down there. It's warmer it's warmer in Alaska than it is here right now. I think it's 13 degrees with chill factor where I live. Whoa. Whoa. Well, that's not Arizona though. See? No, you're <laughs> right. That is I am not in Arizona right now. Yeah. Very true. Yep. No, I'm in Mass, and I don't know. I think it's like probably like 38 degrees today or something. Probably okay. same as you. Um, it gets cold. Look, it gets pretty damn cold up here, but not well, like Alaska. On that side the, of the Appalachians, been here too. Nope. Yep. Uh, let's see. We got a, another question here. Let's. Uh, this one's from Y Gold uh, Metal Detecting. Uh, so the way does the way. Steve act on TV show really act in real life. So I think what he's trying to say is like, uh, 
Are you like, uh, do you go into character when you're doing your thing on TV or is that, do you just kind of do your own thing or? I think the producers bring it out in me. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they coax it out in me and then I do my thing and then yep. uh, otherwise I'm fairly normal. <laughs> fairly normal. Okay. Yeah. But the, so when you're the doing like, uh, when you're doing that stuff, like the last couple of years, they had you like going around Nome doing Steve's Wild World and stuff. Was right. any of that scripted, or was that totally just you go out and do your own thing? Or I just go out and do my own thing. We had a lot of fun with that. That was extemporaneous. Yeah. That wasn't very well planned. So that, that was, was just uh, go out, just wing it. Uh, I liked <laughs> it when it. you went oh. up to the antenna tower. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing when you're on the fence and the aliens and. Oh, I that, thought it was, that was totally that was that was oh i got on a alien scat you know and you know and i i like aliens i i'm kind of a, a believer in aliens you know even though there's there you know there's a, still some mystery but i do like aliens and so i got on a big alien scat and then i made up that thing about the antennas and about <laughs> you know that it, they they advertise that they hey come get the gold all that i just made that up yeah that was i thought it was like yeah, i was laughing my ass off when i saw that that's so. good that's good that pays the bills you <laughs> yeah, did all types of crazy stuff <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I got into the oh, oh my the little people remember by the creek and the it was uh, snowy and we saw the footprints. That was a little there. We scripted a little bit there. Well, that's uh, that's like a big thing in Nome. Of there's like uh, you know how people believe in Bigfoot all around the world or whatever. Yeah. In Nome, yeah. there's actually like little people, like little gnome people. And yeah, it's like uh, it's not from us. It's from uh, the natives, the, the native right. Americans. Oh yeah. Well, it was you know you got to have a core of truth somewhere in there. So yeah, yeah. it was from the little people. The you yeah. know we also have that myth across the bay from Homer and Sildovia. There was the myth of the little people, the the legends of the little people. I should say, yeah. I didn't know yeah. anything about it till I went to Nome, and they told me like it's a real thing. Like they they believed in it for thousands of years. Like. Yeah, and they yeah. they're supposed to do stuff, aren't? Don't they do stuff like weird stuff? Oh, yeah, that some of them are dangerous. Some of them are mischief makers. Yeah, they're like mischief kind of people, or kind of like Elf on the Shelf, I guess. Yeah. Right? They'll, they'll, <laughs> well, they'll start messing with your stuff. They'll steal your boat motor, or they'll steal your anchor, or um, I don't know. They'll put put water in your gas. They they don't they they're mischief mischief makers. <laughs> You ever uh, see any uh, any weird alien stuff in Nome? Like, uh, no, no, I'm disappointed. Oh damn! Yeah, I know. I'm kind of disappointed. There's, I haven't, I haven't ever seen uh, a UFO. Not well, yeah, never have, or an alien or anything like that. But I've seen yeah. pictures. <laughs> yeah, I've never really seen anything weird, but maybe one of these days. Yeah. 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 Up in Nome, at least, uh, I did see a gigantic triangle, like, in 1997. The thing, it looked like an aircraft carrier in the sky. It was just a giant black triangle. And it was only, like, 50 cool. feet above the tree line, went right over us over the highway. And I know we weren't wow. crazy because all the people on the highway pulled off. There was, like, a whole line of people pulled off into the highway, got out of the cars. And we're looking at this thing, and I got out of the truck. I'm like, what see? the heck? It was huge. It was gigantic. But I don't know. I think it was just... Uh, I think it was an Air Force thing. I don't think it was an alien thing. Yeah, it might be. It might have been an Air Force thing, and 
the cloaking guy, the guy in the cloaking room, he was, you know, taking a pee and the, the controls went wrong. And then he got back and he recloaked to the triangle. Yep. See, that's that's what happens. Is you got manual cloaking. It doesn't it's not automatic. You probably and so they, that's why he forgot to turn it on. Yep, yep, yep. Something. All right, let's see. Um this one's from Johnny Turtle. Uh do the producers on BSG instigate arguments, fights, events, or do the individuals just make things happen? Um well, I guess it's more a question well, is uh is it scripted? Do they tell you what to do or say? Um or? well like like I say, sometimes it's just what we do. And sometimes it they they have ideas and they 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 tell us, well, it's not totally scripted, but the the suggestions are made and um the opportunities are taken. Yeah. So okay. if the producer sees an opportunity to to push things, that yeah, he'll He'll have you say things you might not say otherwise. So there's a little bit of that, I'd say. I mean, so they won't like sit you down in like an office and say, okay, Steve, today you're going to do this, this, and this, and like give you a worksheet or like. Oh, no, no. Just they might sit you down and say, we we want you to be nice to this person and maybe not nice to that other person or something. And they might make suggestions about that or we don't want you to talk about this or. There's influencing going on for sure. Yeah. But it's not really specific most of the time. Yeah. So just kind of like they 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 got like a storyline that they might want to accomplish and they just want you to go in that direction. Yeah. They'll want you they'll point you. You're still kind of free to say what you want to say and do what you want to do. Okay. Yeah. Now, do they ever try to have you reenact something that happened naturally or actually happened and they didn't catch it and they're like, oh, can you reenact that? Yeah, that's a rare that's a rare thing, but I think it's actually happened. Yeah. Uh Oh, I got grandchildren movement here. Uh Oh, okay. Okay, right back. Life. We're fun. We're all good. Let me know. Yeah. So, yeah. Huh. Uh, Let's see. uh, I did fall in the water at one time at Zeke's and um, I fell in the hole. Uh They they didn't have me reenacted. I think they actually caught it, but it never got on TV. Oh, shit. Yeah, it was, you know, it snowed. What's that? You fell in the ice hole? Yeah, I fell in the ice hole. Oh, damn. With no wetsuit on or nothing? No, I was uh, I was pretty much wet right up to my crotch. I went in the snow, you know, the the snow had had covered it. And I thought the hole was a little bit beyond where it was, and I stepped right in it. Just boom, damn, and uh, yeah, yeah, jumped on my snow machine and made it back to the my hotel, uh, the my room in um, what well, wasn't a hotel, but my room. Made it back there, changed clothes, and went back to work. <laughs> damn. Yeah. yeah, that water's uh, that water's a little chilly, huh? Oh yeah. Oh man, I'm glad it didn't go all the way in. I mean, I, I, you know, the snow stopped me. You wow. know. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd have been right up to here. You know, I'd have been really concerned. But as it was, I was fine. You know? I just fell in for the first time this year, but it was summertime, thank God. But yeah. uh, oh. but like what you're talking about earlier about the current, dude. I almost didn't make it back to the boat, and no one knew I fell oh. over. I went oh, to uh, I went to go fill up the generator, 
and uh we had three people on the boat uh but we had a diver down i was on the comms um but i knew it was time to fill up the air generator so i, I told the diver hey i'll be back in a couple minutes i gotta fill the air generator right and the other two guys were sleeping so then i went around back i i took the gas can and i went to go over to where the generator was and we have 55 gallon drums of diesel fuel but i forgot that i emptied one of them to fill the dredge motor so it was completely empty because normally there's a, there's no railings or anything. I usually grab onto that when I go around and because there was only like six inches space to like go on. And then a wave came and I grabbed the, the barrel to like hold myself. Right. And I had a gas can in my hand and then boom, right over. I fell right in the damn ocean. And I'm trying to like swim back and I'm getting farther away. And I had the five gallon gas can. And when I first fell in, dude, I, I went all the way under and I started sinking. And I'm like, oh, but trying to hold. I don't want to like let go of the gas can in the ocean, right? I don't want a big freaking oil spill. So I'm grabbing the can, still holding on to it, and I'm trying to like swim back, and I'm going backwards. And dude, that was freaky. But I, I eventually, my shoes fell off. I lost those, and I'm just soaking wet in all these clothes trying to swim back. And that current was so strong, I just barely made it back, but I, I did. <laughs> and uh, oh. yeah, that was the first time I fell over was this, this year. That was uh, this last summer. Huh. Well, yeah, follow it's it dangerous. in, man. <laughs> dangerous, dangerous business. You know, there's lots of ways to. Yeah, hang it yeah. Up. nobody knew I fell over, and I just, I just barely made it back to the boat. That current was so strong. But yeah, I can I can see some people getting swept out to sea. You know. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Terry Curry wants to know what do you like to do in your spare time. Oh, oh, I don't have any spare time. Oh, you, don't have any, uh, no, you got grandkids. <laughs> I got well, grandkids. I've, I'm I got a building project uh, that I've since discovery went away. I've started this building project back up. Uh, I live in uh, Homer, but the building project is uh, is in Anchorage. I'm trying to build uh, four houses in a triplex. Wow! So that's that's what I'm doing for you know, my future, um, working on that. Uh, I fly my airplane when I can, um, for fun. That's pretty much all my energy, fun energy goes into that. I, I still downhill ski. I plan a couple downhill ski trips this, this winter. Cool. Cool. Um, my son-in-law, Emily's, uh, husband is a skier. So we're going to go, uh, Emily's pregnant, so she can't ski again. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, boy, this time. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, thank so what, you. What number of grandkid will that be? Like thirty? Uh, Sixteen. Sixteen. <laughs> yeah. You got to give away yeah. a lot of money in birthday cards. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. It, uh, Christmas kills me and all the <laughs> sixteen presents. Yeah, all that. Hey. Wow. The bar is high. How many kids did, did you have? Four. Yeah, four and 16 grand. Oh, damn. Yeah, I know. I know. It's wild. That's because uh, um, it's so cold up there. You guys get cabin fever for eight months. You stay in their cabin and you got your wife and there's not much to do. And what do you do? And then you forget. And then pretty oh, soon you got another kid. Yeah. Wow. So 16 yeah. kids. Wow. So Emily's, uh, she's going to have a boy this time, huh? Yeah, boy this time. When she do? Good. 
uh, middle of January. Oh, well, right, right before ice season. Right, just right before ice season. Yeah. Well, she'll probably have uh, Jane come back up and run the ice crew. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. What do you think of Jane? Did you meet Jane? Oh, I, I, um, I worked with Jane. Um, that you've seen her, um, on Emily's boat, uh, ice boat. I was there too. The whole thing. I was there all the time, the whole season. Yeah, that's right. That for the ice season that Jane I babysat her. I ba- I babysat her quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. you, Jane, Jeff, and um, what's that other kid's name? The bigger kid. Oh. Yeah, um, um uh, I forget his name, but it was you guys, you four, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. not Dan. Darn it, he he's a good guy. He's a good, he's a good yeah, guy. Yeah, it's on the top of my tongue. I forget. Korean. Uh, he's Korean. Oh, he, oh, he's Korean. I thought he was native. Yeah, yeah I know. He's it's great. He fits right in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not he's a he's a cool guy. I see him a lot. Yeah, he is. All right, let's see. Yeah. Uh. Do you watch Skinwalker Skinwalker of Blind Frog? No. Oh, that's, uh, that's Skinwalker Ranch or Blind Frog Ranch. They're a show. No, about, what's that? Uh, they're about. It's a show about two ranches, and they're two different shows uh, about aliens and strange activities and treasure. In the Utah mountains. Don't watch it. No. Do you watch any uh, no. gold shows? No, I don't watch the gold shows either. No, no I don't even watch Bering Sea Gold. Oh, really? You don't? Yeah, no, until you. Me, I, I haven't. I haven't no. seen a couple. Uh, when I was on, I haven't seen like the last two or three episodes yet. I will. Uh-huh. No, I know what you mean. It's weird seeing yourself on TV. Well, they mix. They mix. Sometimes they. They mix things up so much. It doesn't make, I, I'm going crazy. It's like, that didn't happen quite like that. What you've missed a little part of it. You know, it's television, you know, it's, it's yeah, clipped. There's a lot on the, on the, on the, you know, the, the floor, you know, a lot yeah. that gets edited out, you know? So yeah, I, I, um, it's probably maybe cause I'm too cheap to, you know, to get Netflix. So <laughs> You know, that's probably a lot to do with it. Well, yeah. I spend all my money on airplanes and uh, land development there and grandchildren. Yeah. yeah. So I don't have any spare for Netflix. So do you, do you, are you building the houses yourself? No, I hope to contract oh. them. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if you were do all the planning, do all the planning and, and then just find people to build them and, and sell them. I'll sell, I'll sell, uh, yeah. Um, most of them i'll keep one or two there you go cool cool yeah yeah uh, let's see um this one's from graveyard prospecting have you have they ever had wildlife encounters uh under the water any uh seals or walruses or anything weird underwater no. well no not 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 any like i actually me personally never any seals or walruses lots of fish no eels apparently there's a a, a a eel that will bite you but we haven't even seen one so a wolf eel 
Wolf heel, yep, yep. But we haven't, I haven't, I've never seen one. So they're very shy. Um, no, it's mostly pretty barren. You know, the, the ocean, when it storms, the ocean just, it just tears apart that, that area. It just eats it up because the wave action. So there's not a lot of life there, you know, it's growing some, but not, not, not like a stable undersea area that doesn't have huge wave storms every 15 years or so, you know, so it eats it. It, you know, it disrupts the whole ecosystem, those sands, those storms. What yeah. about on land? Polar bears, mascot, muskox, or um, cougars, yeah, or anything bears. like that? Bears come over at Steve's World or anything? You know, we had a couple brown bear through Steve's World, but that was at night. And we just saw the footprints. That's all. They were just, just sniffing around. Um, a muskox. Now, I was going out and gathering the fur that the muskox scrape off their body onto the branches of the of the bushes, you know, and I'd go collect it. And when you get near a muskox herd, They'll send one of the big males out to check you out. And, you know, at the time I was not in danger. But when this guy came trotting up, you know, within 150 feet of me, I thought he was going to just keep coming. You know, but he just wanted to look at me, you know, like, hey, I see you. You're safe. I'm, I, you know, turn around. He left. But I thought he was going to come stomp me, you know. <laughs> I really did at first when I saw him coming, he was just trotting up, you know, and I thought, oh my God, here he comes. I, we, I, we start running the filmographers running Pete, the filmographer, <laughs> one of my favorite filmographers, he's running with me with the camera. Now, and then we stop and look, look back. Now nah, he's not coming. He's just, just sniffing you out. Yep. You know, that's all he was doing. Actually last year, uh, one of the police officers got killed by muskox. Yes. Oh, well, wow. he, yeah, he did some stupid things with dogs. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. The dogs. The got frightened. Uh, yeah, the dog, I think, was chasing yeah. him. Yeah, the dog was, and he got in between the dog and the muskox. Yeah. Not a good thing. Oh, they can, muskox can be super dangerous and they can kill you, but, you know, not like a bear. Yeah. Who wants to kill you? The muskox don't want to kill you, but they will. Yeah. Yeah, if they, if they get frightened or... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah a lot of the dogs there. I know uh, Sean's dog. Uh, Sean has this big old dog, and, you know, she she walks all funny. I'm like, oh, what happened? And he's like, oh, I got nailed by a muskox. And someone else's dog, it seems like all dogs over there, like they kind of mess with the muskox, but then they all get injured. They All the dogs get, like, like horned, you know? Yeah. So like, yeah. Almost every single dog in Nome like walks funny and because they, they they learn their lesson the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. oh, the muskox can't tell the difference between a dog and a wolf. Yeah. Yeah. They just get so, defensive. So it and gets those, defensive. Just just horn you. Yeah. Yep. The weird thing uh, I noticed in Nome is uh, the foxes up there. For whatever reason, I hand fed like four of them. Like they all seem really like tame and like not afraid of people. And like, 
I like I see foxes all the time around here, but they just run. They they run away from you. But in Nome, I was feeding foxes bread. I mean, they'll come right up to you. And I don't know for whatever reason, they just seem super friendly. You know, more than one. Like I, I've I've seen probably three or four of them that would come kind of close to you. And oh, five minutes. That, that's kind of the weirdest animal thing I noticed in Nome. Uh, Strange. <laughs> that is. Uh, let's see. Uh, I think we're out of questions. I got okay. one coming from oh, okay. MJ from my state of Washington. There we go. Uh, only pants. Steve, have you ever met Cody from the Christine Rose? Oh, yeah. Um, many times. Yeah. Cody's cool. He's really, he's Cody, really cool. Cody's a cool guy. guy. Yeah. 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 A smart and hard worker and um heck you know what's not to like he's great yeah, he's good miner he's good guy like yeah. a good knows, guy he's an engineer knows yeah. his engineering yeah he's smart yeah well educated yeah yeah he's not a damn i don't think i ever maybe only seen him once at the bar like the four years that i've been up there like oh I okay really see him partying like he's uh kind of keeps to himself and He's probably one of the smartest ones up there. He doesn't go out and drink, spend all his money. Yeah. Well, wouldn't that be a smart thing to do, Brian, is yeah. stay out of the bars? Yeah, that would be the smartest oh, yeah. thing. But ask Gary Simpson if he's still here, if that's possible. <laughs> uh, Gary, are you still here? Is that possible? Tell us, Gary. <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know. Yeah, but that's where all the ladies hang out, you know. Because they know you're going to buy them a $10 drink. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Unless it with Vern. If Vern's around, he, he pays. So if Vern ever offers yeah. up, you say, hey, Vern, we're going to the bar. You want to come? And then if Vern goes, you know he's going to pay. And as soon as he has one or two drinks, oh, man, he's buying drinks left and right. You guys want food. And he's like a sugar food? daddy. You, Hey, I need another 10-minute break. Okay. 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 Not a problem, Steve. That's so funny. That's so true about Vern, you know, because <laughs> he loves to play the big guy at a bar where he's got all the money and all the attention and the girls love him. And <laughs> yeah, yeah a, that's Vern. Sugar daddy. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, Vern. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll pin you up, Brian, again while we, uh, why. Takes his break, and I need to readjust the zoom. Whoa, I look weird. Yeah, I need to readjust it. Oops. Because oh, it, it changes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but the, no, that's true the about joys of live entertainment. Yeah. No, Vernon's cool like that. Uh, man, he's bought so many dinners, and usually when we come back from mining, the first thing he's like, "I'm buying dinner. Who wants to go?" And we're like, "Yeah." So, yeah, Vern he buys dinner like all the time, and even for the camera guys, and he's, like he's really Vern. He was a good guest uh, every time he was on. When he was on with you and Gary Simpson, and and yeah. when he's been on by himself with just well. No, we had him on with you and Gary. Yep. 
I, I'm trying to remember, Brian. I it's I know it's been a couple of times. Yeah, no, I think it was uh, me, Gary, and Vernon were on. Right, right. And then yep. I had him on before, and I think you were on it then too. I don't remember. I've Maybe, been on it I don't. Times. I'll have to look back at those episodes. Moon over Miami. Good to see you. Most vicious prospector, how you doing, Joe? Uh, but yeah, Vernon. Uh, so this year, Vernon, um, he had. Uh, so they weren't filming this summer. So I don't know if everyone out there knows, but um, he kept calling me in the springtime, and he's like, "Hey, we're gonna have." This. He wanted to have the summer off because he's been known for the last ten years, you know, um, in the summertime. So he kind of wanted to take the summer off. So. He kept calling me and asking me if I would go up and pilot the boat and intend and, and kind of kind of be the captain of the operation while he was gone this summer. So I did that from um, I went up there June, um, June 20th. I went there and then we went up June 21st because I, I wanted to do all my mining in Maine. I like Maine. I always go to Maine every year, no matter what. It's one of my favorite places to go. So Maine's beautiful. I did that and then right after then, uh, yeah, I went up and. Uh, Vernon just showed me how to run the boat for like two weeks and then Vernon took off and we ran the operation and we had an outstanding like, first couple months. Uh, it was like 140 ounces we got and that was probably one of the best seasons Vernon Vernon ever had. Uh, we just uh, killed it. Let me acknowledge Johnny Turtle with the $10 oh, yeah. super chat. Oh, yeah, super chat. Thanks for Hell the yeah. super chat, Johnny. I appreciate it. AU Diver 79, good to see you, Greg. Nice, nice. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna hit you up. See, even if you're not up there, when I get up there, uh, Heath, Heath Doty, ha, got it right, right? Heath, Heath Doty's been after me get back up to New England. And you know, as well as I do, I would love to, uh, but I definitely want to get into Maine and into New Hampshire where I could actually dredge and sneak using a sluice or a green mountain gold trap. You know what I mean? Like in But I have to admit that time we were up in Vermont at Adams outing, Brian. I did pretty good in Broadbrook for how little time I worked. And I remember yeah. that little brook. You were face down doing your sniping thing in the creek. You actually yeah. found some pickers that day, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I gave them all away. But, yeah, I, I found some uh, little pickers, yeah. Well, if you ever want to give any gold away, Brian, you know where I live, buddy. You know where yeah. I live. Yeah, no, Broadbrook. Uh, so Vermont has really, really good gold, but... In Vermont, they they won't even let you sluice. They consider it a mechanized machine. Well, I don't know how they consider a sluice box a mechanized yeah, machine, but they do. It's nuts, isn't it? Yeah, it's, they have crazy laws. And surprise, um, they allow you to use a shovel. You know. Yeah, yeah. So technically, I guess you're only supposed to pan, but I mean, everyone 
Sluice is up there, but they write tickets. That's the only place I've ever known that actually write tickets for to prospectors, you know, prospecting. Like even in California, people are dredging and they just kind of tell you to leave. They won't give you a ticket or nothing, you know, but, but Vermont, you know, I've been around all over the place and Vermont's like the only place that will actually give out tickets for prospecting. But I think it's like $300 too. And I, I know a bunch of people that got them, but anyways, Vermont has like the most gold, like that I know, like if you could dredge up there, man, you, you would just kill it. It's not big gold. Um, they got a lot of small gold. Like don't, don't expect pickers when you go to. Well, Vermont, you know, not big ones like one or two or three grammars. Right. Um, there have been a few found, but but generally, it's um, just a lot of fine gold in Vermont. It's really fun for panning because if you pan, you know, you get a lot, a lot of small gold and almost every now, pan. I, I've seen your collection of gold several times, Brian, and I have to say that main pile looks really, really good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Maine's really good for nuggets, but the problem with Maine is uh, they're they're all deep. Like, there's nothing on the surface. Like, if you go to streams in Maine, uh, you'll get disappointed if you're just sluicing or, you know, panning. you get disappointed, pack up, and leave, you know. Um, I don't know. I guess, I guess the gold in Maine just really old, so and, it, and it's bigger gold, so it just goes right down to the bottom, right down into the bedrock cracks. And even if you get down to the bedrock when you're dredging, you still won't find anything. you got to, like, jam crowbars into the bedrock and break it and get down into that bedrock and then all of a sudden boom you'll find pickers all over the place well i know and, you and alex work really darn hard for what you get from yeah there. yeah yeah i'm gonna put out some more videos um you know i just wanted to make sure we're kind of done with an area but man we're finding really good pieces of gold stay tuned to my youtube and you'll see you'll see some cool nuggets that we pulled out of there nice nice Everybody, if you don't know who Brian Wilder is, I don't know what's wrong with you. But <laughs> Brian has the YouTube channel, American Gold Prospectors. Uh, he does a lot of dredging, prospecting all over now. You, you've Since I first met you, Brian, you've covered a lot of ground. Yeah. Yeah, wow. I've been all over. Just recently too, uh, California, Nevada. I just added those to my list last uh, last winter. Arizona. Um, but I went to over to help James out uh, get his mine started last winter, and that was in Nevada. That was really cool because that was a big inland mine, which is I never really uh, been to one or, or worked to one. So I remember you talking about that a little in our Zoom after party. After yeah, Zoom parties. So. Yep. Yeah, he just got started last winter. He was bringing in all of his equipment and stuff. So um, when I was there, it was um, when was it? It was like in the middle of winter, and he was just starting to get his equipment in and get things rolling. And uh, I don't think he actually started till about maybe two or three months ago. But um, he's James. He, he's the guy with the tattoos on his face. He works for um, the Kellys. He works on, on the excavator. He's the excavator operator for whoever doesn't know. Right. But yeah, he, he has a big operation. He just started in Nevada. So he does both. He was in Nome uh, this summer too. Um, he has uh, he just bought a, a small dredge. So he's 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 diving and, and uh, getting gold on. Um, he has a claim up here too. So um, oh. he's working up here in Nevada, both both places. 
James, yeah, I've talked to him a few times. He comes into the Zoom parties quite often, actually. Terry yeah. Curry has a good suggestion for you that could uh, get, come in really handy for you, Brian. You know what a Sierra Blaster is, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have actually, you... Gary Simpson just had a whole kit for sale. I should have bought it for like five grand, but he had all the drills and... He had uh it was like a I think he said he spent thirteen thousand dollars on it. Mm. Yeah. Wow. But I was a couple days late message. Oh man. Yeah, missed, yeah. It, missed it by yeah. that much. I, I just didn't see his message in time, but uh he was gonna ship it to me and everything. But yeah, to tell you the truth, um I, I got massive winches that I use and um we just kind of winch the boulders. Like I never really um where we are, I mean they're like you know small like mini i don't know like golf cart size or four wheeler size boulders but we're able to move them with our winches and it's kind of faster just to put a net around it and winch it and, and they just kind of roll over and um but the sierra blaster school um i just didn't i haven't really needed to blow anything up but it'd definitely be fun <laughs> i like to blow things up <laughs> i i think every guy likes to blow stuff up <laughs> yeah the sierra blaster that's like a firecracker though if i want to blow stuff up i want a big explosions oh uh-huh uh-huh right. you you can actually do that on your land in maine can't you brian yeah actually well probably like where i am in starks it's 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 like a it's like a freedom town everyone at night like all the neighbors are all shooting like all you hear is this sounds like vietnam like like every six o'clock at night, it's like people come home, they eat dinner, and then they go out and shoot. It's the funniest thing. It's like bow, 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 bow. Like, <laughs> wow! Like everyone has a shooting range at the, in the yard, and they're like, you'll hear like fully automatic guns going off and stuff. Uh, people are crazy up there. Wow. Yeah, you hear, you'll hear explosions and stuff. Uh, it, it's like it's like a wild west of the east, I guess. Uh... But it's cool. Yeah, like there's um. I even had uh, the, the state um, forester lady come on. Uh, so so I got 40 acres, and uh, they had a free program where the forester comes out, and she, she recommends, you know, um, she takes a look at your woods, and she recommends what to thin out, make your woods better, and the trees grow better, and if you have any diseases or whatever on the, on the trees. But anyway, she came out, and there's like a – we're talking about, like, rules and regulations and laws because I got a few streams, and, you know, I was talking about culverts and – if I can use my excavator or backhoe to do anything because, you know, certain size streams, you can't do that. And she was like, actually, this town here didn't register with the state. She's like, I can't enforce anything you do as the state forester. I can't write you up or give you tickets or do anything uh, in this town because the town didn't adopt into the state's regulations or something like that. So the forester herself said, pretty much you can do whatever you want. I can't enforce it. <laughs> so it's it's a weird town. But it's pretty cool. It's like a freedom town. You could do whatever you want. Sounds kind of like your town. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, you could build stuff and you don't need building permits. Uh, you don't need plumbing permits. I mean, you just build whatever you want to build. Maybe Maine should change their their slogan with New Hampshire. Yeah, live free or die. Yeah. Right. But no, it's cool. Taxes on the 40 acres is like $400 a year. It's like super cheap. That ain't bad at all. No. <laughs> that ain't bad wow. at all. 
All right. We how's, got... land, uh, how's land up in uh, where you are, Steve? Is it expensive to get a few acres? Yeah, it is. Uh, uh, in Homer, it's uh, a real touristy town. And a lot of the uh, people from the U.S., they come up here and they buy a house or they buy land. And and then it's their vacation place, you know, right. and it's driven the prices up quite a bit here. So you made a good investment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. So, well, I have a little half acre here. I don't know. It's, it's my, it's home. It's hardly an investment. I mean, uh, just for, The what? properties that you're building. Oh yeah. In Anchorage. Oh, and well in Anchorage, uh, that's where I'm building. Anchorage is a very solid town. It has a, a good economy and, you know, it's the center of the state, the economic center of the state. So I think, um, I think my investment there it will pan out. Oh yeah, is there is there, there's gold there, right? In Anchorage? Uh, nah. No, no, north. north. You got to go north. Uh, about no, about seventy miles north. There's gold yeah. there, to, uh, and platinum too. Huh. Platinum. I think I I, th I was thinking of Fairbanks, not Anchorage. Fairbanks is yeah. Fairbanks is gold has gold. Fairbanks. Yeah. That's why they. That's why they settled Fairbanks was gold, gold country. So yep. that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So um so say if they start up this winter for uh ice season and then they say, Hey Steve, we want you to come back. You going? Oh yeah, of course. I yeah, love it up would. there. Oh, I come in a minute. All right, I gotta oh, talk yeah. to her. <laughs> yeah, I come in a minute. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they uh I love well, the Emily's especially ice season. Yeah. yeah, you know, if Emily's having a baby, they're going to need someone to run Emily's site. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, uh, that's, Jane, uh, Jane and Steve duo. Yeah, we could, we, uh, we, now would you work for Vern, Brian? Uh, I, I don't want to go to Nome at all for ice season, um, for mining. Hell no. I, I don't want nothing. Well, the problem is I don't have a place to stay. So, like, you in the summertime, I'm on the production side, Steve. Right. So I, I I only go up there if I work for production. If I work for the TV crew, because they give me a truck, right. they give me a snowmobile, right. they give me fuel, they give me a place to stay. I have my own room with heat. Uh, you know, I can take a <laughs> shower. There's running water. You know, I can make yeah. coffee. You know, but in the in the summertime, I kind of manage because you know it's summer. It's you know 50, 60 degrees up there in the in the summertime. So I could stay on Vernon's boat. But in the wintertime, right. I got the boats up uh, high and dry on, you know, negative 30 degree weather. So I can't stay on the boat and finding a place in Nome for an apartment. Oh, my God. It's like, good luck with that. That's impossible. Yeah. And even if you do, it's I mean, you, you lived in that Tyvek palace and had like a closet space for like, what, a thousand bucks or fifteen hundred bucks or something. No, it wasn't that. It wasn't that bad, actually. Uh, I'm trying to remember what I paid for. Eight hundred. I paid eight hundred for it. And how big was your closet? Room? It was a closet. It, actually, he was going to make it into a closet. And uh, I told him, hey, no, you could rent that room out. That was like 10 years ago. And I was the one that that uh, told him. And then I end up in there. <laughs> so it worked out. So you actually yeah. ended up, you paid $800 and you got a closet space. Yeah, a closet space. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. A big TV yeah. star living in a freaking closet. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'm cheap. I I don't like to spend my money on on places to live. Yeah. No, I hear you. Uh, me neither. So 
that's why I don't. I never went in the winter because, uh, you know, I worked for Vern for those two seasons, and he wanted me to go up for winter. He asked me for this winter, and I'm like, ah, <laughs> I don't think so. And plus, uh, in the winter yeah, time, it's hard to to get the. I mean, once you do an ice hole and you're on, it's it's not like summertime where if you're on a bad ground, you just move up the, on the anchors twenty feet or thirty feet. You can't do that in ice season. If you dig a hole that which takes you three or four days and move all your equipment and set up all your equipment on this hole and you go down and there's no gold there. You got to spend another like three, four days, remove all your stuff, spend all that money on fuel and, and getting everything going in the morning. And uh, winter time is really, really hard unless you have really good GPS points from summertime. Uh, right. You know, uh, winter time is really tough. And then you never know where the yeah. ice is going to break. Cause you could go out there one day and there's a huge crack where all your stuff is and half your stuff's gone. You know? Ooh, that wouldn't be good. No. Yeah, no, it's happened to a lot of people up there. Um, it happened to McCulley last, last winter. McCulley went to, um, you know, go to his mining site and it broke off and went out to see. Or was it Chris Kelly? I think it was it was one of the two, either Chris Kelly or McCulley. One of them lost their, all their mining equipment, but they, they wound up getting it back, but... Winter time's just it's just so hard up there in the winter. But you can make gold. Macaulay, uh, I saw it with my own eyes, and it wasn't just for TV. Last year, I, I think he got 100 ounces in just um, the three months. Or no, no, it was more than that. Maybe it was 150 or 200 ounces. Or I don't know. Macaulay made a lot of gold for real. I saw it. I saw the cleanouts. It was all legit. Yeah. I saw, I saw him mining, and I saw his sluice box. Um, but he, he dredged a lot. He he was out there dredging all the time. How but many yeah, he, did he have on his crew? Uh, I think he had three divers, and then he so, died. Yeah, so he, yeah, so he's running three divers. Yeah, and yeah. They worked their asses off, and they got a little bit of gold. Yep, yep. Yeah, so, by the time you split it with four guys, yeah, it's you know. If you get a hundred ounces and you split it four way, yeah, that's twenty five ounces. It's only it's almost fifty grand. But living in Nome, though, you know that fifty grand goes real fast. Yeah. And well, you don't get fifty grand because it's at eighty percent when you sell it. So. And then they got to pay royalties out of that too for the claim owner, which is Macaulay. So. And then usually you got to pay the boat. Uh, let's see. We got a few more questions here. Uh, let's see. Oh, all right. Oh, damn. We got a lot of questions. Uh, let's see where we leave off. All right. Uh, MVP, most vicious prospectors. Uh, does Steve have a wife? Are you married? Are no. you tied down? Oh, you're a free man. No, I'm a, no, I got a girlfriend. Oh, you got a girl. Oh, okay. That Kind of half being tied down, yeah. Yeah, she lives in Soldatna. She lives okay. north of here, 70 miles. It's a long-distance relationship. <laughs> How long you guys been together? Oh, about a year. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. You going to get married? Yeah. going to get remarried one oh, of these no. days? <laughs> no, and I don't think I'll remarry. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're All way right. past our, uh, our birthing... Uh, uh, okay. Era of our lives, both of us. Yeah, no, we're. Oh man, I wouldn't. Oh man, if I had another kid, I'd be like, I, I would 
die. I mean, I would, <laughs> well, I ain't got that energy. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Uh, yep. Tony Turtle, uh, how much does the average diver make in a season in Nome? Well, <laughs> well, an average diver would make uh, like negative ten thousand dollars. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Average diver would lose ten grand. Now you've got your 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 well established operations now, and they're getting let's say they're having four hundred ounce seasons, and they're one of four divers, so that's you know, a hundred ounces and then 80%, like you said, and then that's 80 ounces. And then you split that in half with the boats. So that's 40 ounces. And so what was that? Is that $80,000, $70,000? Yeah. So, yeah. So a good, a good diver on a good boat is going to have between a 70 and a hundred thousand dollar season. Yeah. Yeah, it just that's... it really depends on which boat you go on. There's a lot of people that just yeah, their boat's always broken. They they don't really know how to mine. They don't go out. If they have a small boat, they can't really battle the seas that much, so they can rarely go out. But then you got the hard, you know, hardened known prospectors. Uh, maybe not the ones on TV, but the guys that have been there for years and years, and they they really try. You know, um, man, it just depends. Um, but, right. but typically, like, on, so on Vern's boat, uh, the way it works on his boat, so Vern owns his own claim, so he doesn't have to pay royalty. So the divers on his boat, uh, normally you would have to pay, like, Emily's divers. Uh, well, Emily herself doesn't own her claim, so she has to pay, like, a royalty. And a lot of the other divers, they got to pay, or, or operations, they got to pay royalties unless you own a claim. But at least on Vern's, right. you know, Vernon owns his own claim. So um, it, when you pay royalties, it's usually 15%. So... If you work with someone that owns their own claim, you won't have to pay that. So, like I'm saying, so on Vern's boat, uh, so right away, it, the way that he works it is um, if Vernon gets 50% of, of everything. So, if you make 100 ounces of gold, Vernon, 50% goes to Vernon because he owns a claim, he owns a boat, you know, he does all the paperwork, all the docking, and blah, blah, blah. So, then the divers, so say if you had two divers, the divers will split the other 50%. Um, and then, well, then there's a tender fee. Usually there's a tender. The tender usually makes 10%. So, so like the, the 50 ounces on the diver side, because the diver, the tender works for the divers, the tender would take the 10% of the 50 and then the divers get paid the rest. But then the divers themselves, it depends on their hours too. So if you got one diver that doesn't work hard and he only does like 10 hours, but then the other diver does 20 hours. Then you take that 50% and you split it by the hours that they worked. But a lot of time, uh, like when me and Gary were diving together, we just split it 50, 50. Cause we were very close. We're like, you know, if we're only like two or three hours separate of each other, it's no big deal. We'll just do 50, 50, you know, but if like one diver sick for a day or, you know, drunk and doesn't show up or something, you know, so, Gary, but yeah, that's how that works. So it's pre it's pretty much 50-50. So, you know, the owner gets 50 and then the divers get 50. But it also just depends on um, what operation you're on. Because I said, you know, th there could be royalties and 
you know, some, some people want to split the fuel with you. You know, there's, there's all types of things that happen to know them, all types of backdoor deals up there. But, um, I mean, I, I was up in Nome this year for three months. I came home. My share was 17 ounces in three months. Nice. So, I mean, if I was there all year, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can make good money, I guess, you know. I mean, if you have your own boat and your own rules and you can make even more, you know. That's mm -hmm. the best way to do it in Nome, I would say. Uh, like that. I forget his last name, but his first name's Kevin, and he has that like real slimline dredge. He works by himself. It's like a, I think it's a eight inch dredge, maybe it's either six or eight, I forget. But he works by himself, and he just zips out there, goes down for like two or three hours, gets two or three ounces of gold, and goes back home with like two or three ounces of gold, you know, to himself. It's like six six thousand bucks he makes in a day, you know. That's the way to do it. He doesn't have to split it with anyone. That's the way to do it, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, do any of you guys mine in Canada? Um, I've never been to Canada. Have you? No. No. When Emily's uh, crewman used to mine illegally in Canada at night. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Yeah, he'd go up there because he was in Washington, right? Mining in Washington. And he'd go up at night illegally and mine at night in, in Canada so they couldn't catch him and they never caught him. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, I've, I've never been to Canada. Uh, I would like to. I would like to go to the Yukon just to, just to see the history and Dawson. and Yeah. On my bucket list, to definitely go up there and with a you know, just take my time with a camper and four wheeler and sometime uh, when you go through, you should check out Barkerville in British Columbia. Yeah. And yeah. It has a real deep history in mining, Brian. Really? Yeah. I would love, I would, you know, one of these days and uh, I got the whole summer off and just want to, it's definitely my bucket list to go up there for sure. Um, I don't think you can really dredge up there. I don't know the rules. So I think some places you can uh, dredge. I, I think you can only dredge if you're incorporated in BC. Oh. And I hear permitting is quite quite the hassle. I know Quebec. Quebec's very dredgy, uh, dredger friendly. Um, I don't know Quebec about Quebec is. <laughs> yeah, I know Quebec is because uh, I researched it. I was going to go up there and maybe make some claims. But. I never did because it's, it's like six hours away from, I don't know. There's plenty of gold around here to have fun with. <laughs> uh, let's see. This is AU Diver 79. Hey, Brian, I was always hoping to see you dredge for Emily. Are you, you are a great guy and she is awesome. Yeah, actually, Emily asked me a few times to uh, work for her, but um, I don't know. I've always just kind of worked for Vernon. Um, I don't know. I'm just comfortable working over there. And plus, uh, when I'm working for Vernon, I got a place to stay. If I work for Emily, I would have to get an apartment and, and all that, you know. Um, can't really stay on her boat. She's got uh, new crew quarters now, though. Oh, does she? Yeah, she built uh, her brother built her a, a 16 by 24 building this oh. Uh, fall. Oh, damn. 
So now she's got two crew quarters. Yeah, two. <laughs> you know the the she shack and then uh, the new building. Oh damn! Yeah, I didn't even know that. Yeah. No. Yeah, no. She she did ask me a few times. Um, I don't know. I just always kind of went with Vernon. <laughs> I don't know. You like uh, the excitement of Vernon? The excitement. Yeah, I mean, to tell you the truth, I get along with Vernon. Uh, I have no problem with him. Uh, you know, he does yell a lot, but usually someone deserves it. Like, he, he won't just <laughs> yell at you for no reason. Like, if you do something stupid, he'll yell at you. You know what I mean? Um, like, he really doesn't yell at people. He'll, he just kind of yells. Like, yeah. you know, if he's having a problem with the anchors. He'd be like, God damn it, motherfucker. Like, he's yelling at the anchors. He's not, he's not really, like, yelling at a person. Um, he does yell at people too, but usually you kind of deserve it because maybe you're being rude or you're doing something stupid or you're just being an idiot. Then yeah, he'll let loose on you. You know, like if um, like if you leave a gas can with the top off, that freaks him out. He'll definitely yell at you. You know, because uh, you know the water gets in there and then. But I mean, he usually has a reason for yelling. I don't know, but for me, I don't know. I, I get along with Vernon. Right? You know, he doesn't really yell at me too much. Um, I never really had a problem with him. He's never, uh, he's, he's probably one of the very fairest people I've ever met. Um, I know he'll never screw me over. Um, very generous, you know? Um, I don't know. I think he's just one of those guys that, uh, he's generous. He's a generous man. He's very generous, honest, um, on earth. But yeah, he sends me, he sends me beautiful women. I mean, (laughs) what? what, what, Yeah. I know what you're talking about. (laughs) <laughs> uh, uh, have either of you ever been to Pelican, um, Alaska? Alaska? No, never heard of it. No, never been there. Do you know where it don't, is? I don't think I could find it on a map. I Pelican, ah, not even sure I could find it on a map. I don't know. It must be a small town somewhere. Yeah. Does it have gold? <laughs> uh, Graveyard Prospecting wants to know, are the locals cool? Mm, um, well, I no, no, there's so it's a mixed bag. It's a yeah. mixed bag. I can't I can't give the whole town cool. I, I, I think it's a mixed bag. I, I would give it half cool, half rascal as actually. Yeah, yeah. Depends where you are in Front Street. Uh, if you're yeah. going on Front Street, there's fights. There's a uh, blood all pool. I've seen so many pools of blood on Front Street. A lot of them just pass out and like hit their heads and just start bleeding all over the place. <laughs> but uh, like on Front Street and Friday night, you're you're like hopping over, passed out people, people yelling, screaming, fighting, people yeah. with their pants hanging around their ankles because they don't know any better. Uh, using the bathroom right in front of everyone. Uh, oh man, if you ever go past the ATM machine uh, at the bank, because you know they get in there and get warm, I've seen some. Uh, you can you can make a porno film <laughs> what's going on at the ATM booth. They'll just do it right there, and uh, I don't know. I've seen some crazy stuff on Front Street. I got a lot of pictures and videos too. <laughs> but uh, uh, other than that, uh. The, lo- the locals that I come across, like, uh, you know, not on Front Street, hanging out at all the bars and stuff, uh, they seem really cool. I- I've met a lot of, like, really cool, um, you know, they- they'll take you out fishing and hunting and, uh, you know, 
they're, they're cool guys. But yeah, it's a mixed bag for sure. You got you got the ones that like to party and hang out on Front Street, and then you got your uh, normal ones. <laughs> well, there is the issue with you know Nome is surrounded by dry villages, and yeah. so if the troublemakers want to make trouble in those villages, they just catch a flight to Nome where they can get booze. So yeah. it does. It is influenced by that because they're all dry villages surrounding Nome. So the people come to Nome to party and then they stay because yep. <laughs> they can't find their way home. Yeah. No, yeah, that's that's what the biggest problem in Nome is because there's um there's three weed stores and it's legal in Nome. Um you don't need a medical card or anything. So so in Nome there's like three or four bars, there's like two or three liquor stores, and then there's three weed stores. And then everything around Nome for like a thousand miles is all dry. You know, you can't get booze in any of it. It's actually illegal to even have booze in those towns. You can get in trouble, you know, just having a bottle of booze. And a lot of people will actually come to Nome, get a whole bunch of bottles and then go back. And I've heard like a bottle of like, you know, $20 whiskey, the cheap stuff, the, you know, the red cap, the really cheap, crappy stuff you can get in Nome. will go for like three or $400 in some of those dry villages. So people will, you know, they come up here and like you said, they'll, they'll just party and, you know, kind of just get stuck in Nome because yeah. they, can't, they can't get back home. But yeah, a lot of crazy stuff I've seen. Uh, AU Diver wants to know, do you make any royalties appearing on the show? No. Nope. Just, just a paycheck, right? I Just a kick in the ass. That's all I got. Yeah, that's all I got. I got. I didn't get nothing from the show. Like you said, uh, you work for free. Uh, I work for free too. Right. Yeah. So pretty much the way um, Bering Sea Gold works is um, all the major cast members get money, and then it's up to them to pay their divers or you know people who appear on TV and you know for wasting their time or whatever. So like Vern, you know, in my case, like Vernon, you know, he's he's the one on on that will make the check from Discovery, and then if I spend like if we spend all day like kind of making TV and not getting much mining done. He'll say, hey, I know you guys missed out today on your gold. Because we're there just to try to get gold, you know. So Vernon will, you know, he'll throw you a, a check, give you some couple bucks and say, hey, thanks for making TV today. I know you didn't get much mining done and you lost some money. So he'll throw you a check. And, you know, I'm pretty sure the other cast members, they do the same thing, like Emily and Zeke. And I'm sure that. No, I don't know. I don't Not know. Me. Hey, you're on your own. Oh, you really? Know? Yeah. Well, yeah. it, it well, I don't think TV it never took up a whole day. You see, we never just well, it may be one or two in the whole season, but yeah. usually it's just an hour here, an hour there. You know, yeah. So, but yeah, I, that's good. Burns a good man that way. He's very yeah, fair. Yeah, no. yeah he's he fair. Very yeah, fair man. Uh, he, he was generous. He was, and, and mostly, you know, like I was saying before, I mean, he bought so many dinners and food and he'd take you to the bar sometimes. I mean, he spent, a, he probably spent his whole paycheck from Bering Sea Gold on, on just giving us food and, and uh, you know, drinks. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, but I've I've never gotten a check from Discovery or royalties or anything. Um, I, I'm just really there to mine gold. Uh, let's see. I heard only the captains get paid, so that's kind of the same thing. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty much true. Um, 
there are some side cast members that might get you know some stuff um you know a little bit but it, it's mainly nothing you know no big bucks or nothing but uh it's mainly mainly just the, the cast members that get paid and like i said it's up to the cast members to trickle it down to their divers or whatever you know uh graveyard prospecting wants to know why you guys use why don't you guys use scuba tanks i kind of mentioned it in the room so did thomas folks okay um i know i can say uh because nowhere in gnome you can't get scuba tanks filled first of all um i guess you i guess you could buy your own compressor and do it um but then you're kind of limited to like an hour i think a scuba tank lasts about an hour and then you would have to come up switch tanks go back down and kind of waste time so with the hookah system you just put the mask on and so long as the air compressor is running you don't have to stop you can just mine and mine and mine you don't have to come up and down plus when you come up and down um people like me that are sensitive i mean that's when your ears start busting and bleeding and your nose bleeds and you know you want to stay if you dive you want to stay down as long as possible and, and not come up and down because that pressure really, really gets you. It pops your ears. And at least for me, I know some people are kind of immune to that, but um Yeah. You know, it, it does mess with you. All that pressure just going up and down the hose to like change scuba tanks would just be just waste kind of time and it kind of messes with you going up and down constantly. At least with me it did. Huh. And then uh yeah, it just you would just have to get the tanks filled all the time, and then I mean you would need you know, if you have three divers and I mean, if you're out there for days, um, you need a lot of tanks, um, unless you had your own fill station, I guess, but those, it takes a very special compressor to fill them. Cause I think they go to three, 3000 PSI to fill a scuba tank. So, which they do make the compressors. So, but I don't know. Everyone just uses hookah. It's just easier, probably safer. That's my opinion. I don't know. I don't know if you have a different one, but. Well, I I agree with all that. Uh, you know, you're getting hot water anyway. Uh, dry suits get cold and damp fast, and so you you solve all your problems. You get hot water, you get air, you get communication all in your umbilical. So it's very convenient, very very convenient, fast and cheap. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next one, Terry Curry. How many cops? Do they have a gnome? Well, a lot of worthless cops in gnome. Um, they they don't <laughs> have never done anything for me. Uh, they're they're I don't know where their head is, but uh, I I think there's four or five working there. But you know they're they're worthless. And then uh, there's a local there that every time he gets drunk, he gets tasered and he doesn't do anything. He's just, he, they just like to taser him. So I, the, I have the cops there. I mean, they're just basket cases. I don't like them. They're worthless. Yeah. I've, I've had a few encounters, not with me, but with um, some other people, like uh, a lot of drunks. So one time right in front of the, the, the PO, the we call the production office. So, there was this drunk guy and he was like beating up his, it was his mother over like a credit card or something. And 
wasn't really beating her up, but kind of pushing her and like saying all these, the, the worst things I've ever heard in my life. Someone called their mother, you know, yelling it in the middle of the street. And they worked their way up to where we were on right in front of our steps. And then me and uh, someone else were, we didn't want to hit the guy, you know, cause we're, we're like working. So like, I kind of stepped in and was like shouldering into him to try to keep him away from his mother. And the mother was crying and all this stuff. And then the lady, um, that works for us she went and called the police right away you know because it was a big thing going on and so in the meantime me and another kid we're like kind of muscling the guy not trying to punch him or get in a fight but you know holding him and then uh yeah the cops came and they're like oh well we can't do anything because he's you know he's just drunk and just let him walk it off and then he passed out he passed out right on the side of the street right there and the cops like oh he's he's fine he's passed out now and <laughs> they left they left the guy just passed out on our property, like looks dead and just laying in the middle of the, the sidewalk and they're like, all right, he's fine. Okay. Everything's cool now. <laughs> That's what the cops do up there. You know, That's, I, and that happened more than once, that kind of situation. But uh, yeah, they don't really arrest anyone or they don't really do much. Um, I got another story. It's kind of a long story, but it was uh, just very quickly. It was, um, the guys next to us on the new horizon. So someone tried to steal their car before and uh, he went out with his gun and then like shot in the air to try to scare him. So there's it's a 44 Magnum. It was a loud shot. So boom, and like get out of the car, you know, and the kid ran and he ran underneath a building that has pilings and he could see him in there and he's pointing the gun out. He was like, get out of the bed. Give me. Cause he took his keys to the car. He's like, just give me the damn keys. That's all I want. I'll leave you alone. And you know, and cops came and the guy's still pointing a gun at this kid, and he's he the, he starts the, the guy that's pointing the gun starts yelling at the cop. He's like, "The kid's right there!" He's like flashlighting him. He's like, "All I want is my keys." And the cop's like, "Ah, there's not much I can do, you know. If he's just if he wants to give you the keys, he will." And the cop left. And the guy's still the guy's like just shot in the air, has a gun on him, <laughs> like pointing it at this kid. Oh, it's yeah, the cops are kind of weird up there. Uh, I don't know. And then, well, there's a there's a state police station up there, but they kind of deal with the outside towns. They usually wind up going in the plains. Their home base is Nome, but they don't really patrol Nome. There isn't no federal agency up there for like Indian communities and stuff. Uh, oh. no, uh, I think they have their own kind of police. Uh, because Nome's not really an Indian reservation, so it's like a you know regular town. Well, I so mean, have around town. it. Uh, yeah, around in the other villages like Teller and stuff like that, they have their own like security patrol, but I don't think they're armed or anything. Um, because they have their own rules, like that the those towns don't have to. I don't know. It's kind of weird how the, I, I'm not really exactly sure, but like a nation within the, a nation, yeah, like, they do their own thing. How they yeah, own they do rules. their own thing. But as far as like federal crimes, like if someone commits murder or something, um, there's a in Nome they have a state police station. But so the state police will go out to those villages to handle like really big big crimes and stuff, you know. But the state police don't. I I never really see them in like in Nome patrolling. But yeah, I don't know. The police kind of weird up there. Um, they don't really they don't really do too much. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Lodak says they fly agents in. I forget where they fly them in from, but they have a 
prison there. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, there's a prison because uh, Brad, when Brad got in trouble, um, Brad Kelly, he was in the prison there for uh, a couple months or something like that. But yeah, they have, they have a prison right there. And then after he got out, the part of his getting out release, he must have had to get a job. So I went in to get my groceries at Safeway there. And then, you know, I went to the cash register. And <laughs> there's Brad Kelly bagging the groceries. I'm like, no way. <laughs> He's like, Dude, if you laugh, I'll freaking kill you. <laughs> Did you laugh? Well, it should be mentioned uh, that it should be mentioned that Brad got in jail because when he woke up to being stabbed by his baby mama, his reaction was very violent and he beat her up. Mm-hmm. And so he went to jail. Well, in defense of him, I mean, if I woke up to my girlfriend stabbing me, my I, I can't imagine what I would do to her. No doubt. I mean, I, no doubt. Yeah. So it's take it easy on Brad. Yeah, they, I, I've heard rumors, you know, they're always kind of fighting and, and just. Oh, she's bad shit crazy, though. I mean, they're both yeah, bad yeah. shit crazy. Both. Yeah, I've heard it's kind of like a everyday thing. <laughs> yeah, it's an everyday thing with them. Uh, let's see here. I need to pee, Brian. Be right back. Oh, wait, no, that's uh, that's from that. <laughs> That's for me, Brian, uh, a while back. <laughs> uh, let's see. AU Diver 79 wants to know, is it true that Vernon is a tanker ship captain? Uh, yeah. Well, in his career, yeah. Yep, in his yep. past career, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he um, he did uh, tons of oil, oil, those big oil tankers, cruise ships. Um, yeah. Yeah, he was a pilot. So anytime those big tankers came into port, they would um he would show up on a pilot boat and then get up and take control um of of docking or bringing those big tankers into port and stuff, yeah. Um yeah, and he did that for a long long time. Mhm. I think he just gave up his license just last year or something like that. Yep. I think I seen him he was still doing some work last last summer, I think uh Still did some kind of work uh, doing it. He says he he really loves doing it, the gold mining and being a sea captain. He he loves it, so he's doing what he loves. Talked a little about that when he was on with us that one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he just he likes being on the ocean, you know. That's for sure. Uh, this one's from uh, Ray Russo. Oh, wait, there's one before that. Uh, Graveyard Prospecting wants to know, what's the guy's thoughts on the Sean versus Big Kelly fight? (laughs) You know, I... First of all, you can't really be happy with with Andy, who sucker-punched Sean. I I thought that was kind of low on his part, you know? You know, I thought it was low, but I think... I smell some producers kind of like instigating, don't you? When when that happened, some cameramen are going, "Yeah, go um, get him, go get him, Sean, go get him." Maybe, but I know Sean pretty good, and I don't think he would let the producers like kind of dictate what he wants to do. Like Sean's like, uh, Sean's gonna do what he wants to do, and yeah, 
I really don't see them pushing him to do that. Um, I think Sean just kind of, I don't think Sean was expecting to fight those guys to tell you the truth until he got sucker punched. Uh-huh. And I think he wanted to, you know, confrontate them because uh, they, they were on their, you know, uh, they went to exactly their dredge hole where they were dredging. Like um, the Kellys showed up, you know, right where they're getting their gold, uh, where Sean has been mining for years, you know? So I could see Sean was really, really upset about the situation. And I think he went there to, uh, you know, yell at him like he did the previous time on the ice season when him and Andy, when they went to the bluffs and took Sean's spot at the bluffs. Remember that? And they just had a yelling, you know, thing. Right. And I kind of thinking that's what Sean was thinking. He was going to go and just, you know, yell at him, give him a piece of mind. But then he got sucker punched like, um, you know, I don't know if any persuasion was done. Maybe they were persuaded Andy to sucker punch. You know, I don't I don't know. I wasn't. Well, all the Kellys are kind of on the edge type like that anyway. So wouldn't it, from what I understand, wouldn't it be more like the producers kind of like nudging Andy on? If anything, I think that's the way it went. Like, I don't think they egg Sean on to go do the fight. Um, uh-huh. So I mean I mean the people in the field, they're just camera guys. Like they 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 just do that for a job. Like they're not just bearing C camera guys, they just got this job and then they go on to do other jobs. They do like Jay Leno's garage, they do medical shows, they're just camera guys, freelance camera guys. It's not like they work. They just they have a that seasonal job at that production company, but they're not like dedicated to them. Like they move on and they're all freelance. So it's not like they hardcore company men trying to get like this thing going on, you know? Um, so I, I don't know. Um, there's no reasons really for the camera guys to push them that hard to, I don't know. That's just my own opinion. Maybe they did. I, you know, I don't know. I don't think so though. At least on Sean's side, like I, I don't see Sean being pushed by the camera guys. Like, I, I think Sean really just went there to yell at him and then he got sucker punched and just didn't, you know, he had to fight back at that point. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't ready to fight, you know, the way that he was fighting. Like if Sean was on this game ready to go fight, like he would have been on his game, I think. And, you know, I don't know. That's my opinion. Picture that. Because, I mean, it was a real sloppy fight on TV. I mean, nobody was ready for it. Like, I think if right. Sean was really pumped up and like, you know, he would have been ready, you know, been all ready to go, ready to have a good fight, you know, but you know, I don't know. That, that's my opinion on the fight. <laughs> but it was what it was, you know, what you see on TV, that's what that's what happened. Yeah. Um they, I mean the the guys knew I guess something was building up because all of a sudden you had six six cameramen run down to the dock to film this. So because they got it at like every angle. So they knew something was brewing, but I don't think they knew it was going to be a fight. They knew it was going to be a yelling match for sure, but I don't know. Uh, Let's see. uh, This one's from Ray Russo. What does Steve think about when he sees himself on TV? And uh, Ray Russo, he's another TV guy. He was on um, um, Ice Ice Cold Gold Gold on uh, the Weather Channel. So he knows the TV thing too. So yeah, he well, wants to know. 
What What do you think about what uh, when you see yourself? What on do I TV? think about when I see myself on TV? Uh, well, a lot of things. You know, it's like wow, what a like it was a dream. You know, like that's a dream. That was you know, and what a wild time I had, and you know, and what do I look like? You know, am I? Do I really look like a doofus? Like people think I look like I. I don't see myself as a doofus, but uh, I kind of look like one on TV. So, <laughs> you know, I sort of think that and um, and then how fun it was and how fun it is to gold mine. And I think about that. So there's a lot of things that go on, I guess. You get recognized thoughts. a lot. People come up to you like, oh, my God, that's Steve Rydell. Like when you're at the supermarket or something. Well, back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. But yeah. not not much, especially, you know, I don't have a beard anymore. So people don't recognize me as much. Oh, OK. Well, they probably know. I, you. I mean, you lived in the same town forever, right? Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. People. Yeah, that's but people that recognize me in this town, they don't say anything. Yeah. yeah. No, it's not important to them. Most people that most people started watching Bering Sea Gold in this town when it was brand new. And now it they don't they don't usually watch TV, so they stop watching Bering Sea Gold. So, you know, it's not that important to them. There are more important things to do than sit and watch gold miners. Yeah, yeah, because they're really not gold miners here. This isn't gold mining country here in Homer. We're fish fish and tourism. Yeah. Uh, Ed, uh, there's like five more questions. You want me to go through the questions, well, or do you want to call yeah, time? Yeah. Uh, it's up to Steve if you don't mind a little more. No, let's go. Oh, okay. Yeah, we got like five more. Uh, hold on. Uh, no, I lost my place. Uh, are there pelicans in Alaska? <laughs> no, no pelicans. Not well, maybe in the southeast, but I, I, I've never seen them ever. No. I've never seen one. Hmm. Uh, what are Steve's plans for the future? Oh, four four single families, a triplex. I'm planning to build or to contract in Anchorage. I'm looking for one one point uh, like one point two million, I think, or something like that. One point five million uh, of of uh, cheap money. Um, that's my plans. That's what I do. That's what I, that's keeping me busy since Bering Sea Gold is this project. Damn, you're going to be loaded. You can be my sugar daddy. Oh, oh yeah. I'm <laughs> I'll give you my, uh, my birthday. You can send me a card. Okay. I will. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> uh, you're rich already, Brian. What are you talking about? Well, we kind of already went through this, but uh, I'll just, you can answer again real quick. So how much of the show is staged or set up, or are you not allowed to say? <laughs> they don't kind of tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, a lot of it's staged, but a lot of it's, it just depends. A lot of it is this, just what happened. Yeah. So, I, so I'd say sometimes 80% is staged. Sometimes none of it. Yeah, um, see, I'm, I'm on my side, uh, the the couple of years that I worked for him, not once was anything staged. I had to do a couple of reenactments. Like uh, when my ears blew out, they weren't there to film it. So we reenacted that. But it re I only agreed because it really happened. 
So it's not like a stage thing. It's something that happened that they missed, and it was a big part of the story. That's a lot like I brought up earlier then, right, yeah. Brian, where something happens, they don't catch it, so they're like, hey, can you reenact it? Yeah, no, there was a few of those, a few minor ones that we had to reenact, but never once has anything been like planned or they asked me to do something or say, hey, today we need you to run out of air. Um, never, never any of that. It was just exactly, I mean, there's so much stuff going on that's really happening in real life like they don't need yeah. any but right. i see on steve's side like steve's side was like steve was more like an entertainer like doing his wild steve thing and you know right. he, he had more of a different role than um like the, the they have something that hasn't even came up yet now when you turned uh turned down the warm water in the water heater and you were like cold what's that cold more gold Cold is gold thank you very much cold is gold cold, <laughs> cold is, is gold. gold yeah gold is gold you work a little harder when you're cool when you're cool when you're cooled off <laughs> so uh, i turned down the heat to cool the uh diver off because uh, i thought that might um make him work harder Motivated, you know to stay warm huh? <laughs> and to get more gold so that that was yeah. all you and and not that was for... that was all emily actually oh really it was all emily yeah she she's the one that i should do it you're throwing <laughs> emily right under the bus on that one. Oh, boo boo <laughs> yeah pretty much you're gonna get in trouble yeah <laughs> Well, I don't think yeah, Emily's Emily, uh, watching Emily suggested right now, that I, maybe. I uh, hope she's watching. Uh, cold is gold. Um, and if you come up early, I'll taser you and put you back <laughs> right back down in the water. <laughs> yeah. Put the taser to you. Boom. Didn't you? Right through the wetsuit. Uh, didn't you think about making T-shirts and stickers? Cold is gold. Yeah, yeah, you should. I should. <laughs> I should act. Um, actually, Emily's uh, husband might make make some for me. Do that kind of work for me. Yeah, I'd love it. That'd be perfect. I'd love start it. A, and then maybe me with a taser too. Well, I don't channels. know about that. Gold is gold. Gold is gold. YouTube. Yeah, yeah. All right, this one's uh, graveyard prospecting. Uh, let's hear about it then. Are Chris and Andy really bullies? Is Sean a jerk? Oh, Sean's not a jerk. I'll say that right away. Um, he's he's wrapped up, busy, but, you know, so he's like he can't sit around and chit-chat with you because he's a busy, busy man. He's got an empire to run. So you don't really expect dudes that are as hooked up as him to be, you know, sitting around chatting very much like Vern. You know, Vern's already made his money. You know, he doesn't he's into the social life. So, but Andy and Chris are totally 100% bullies. Yeah, bullies. And and the thing is, Andy can fight, but Chris can't fight. Chris is not a fighter. He's a bully. He bullies you. Hope, hopefully that, yeah. Chris has had his ass kicked too many times. He's not a good fighter. Yeah, me, myself, um, I've had good 
I don't know. I, I haven't spent a whole lot of time with Chris or Andy, but a little bit of time during, especially during the winter season when I got to kind of hang out in the shed a lot. Um, I never had a problem. I thought they were cool. They're they always nice to me. It was nice of them. Um, but, you know, I, I haven't really worked with them or spent a lot of time with them. But um, I know Sean a little bit better because, you know, we stayed at his place a lot. I seen him a lot in the shop and Sean was really cool. Same as Vernon, very generous. Uh, he does a lot for the community. Um, I've seen him help out so many people. Like during that storm, he was helping with his, um, he actually took the Christine Rose into the harbor and he was cleaning up people's uh, um, houses that, that broke loose. And uh, he was using his excavator to, you know, help out. Uh, um, I seen him take his equipment and like clear the roads and stuff. Um, no, Sean, Sean's a really good guy. I've never seen him be a jerk to anyone. I've never seen him be mean to anyone. Um, I don't know Sean all that well, but, uh, you know, I did spend quite a bit of time. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I think Sean's one of one of the best guys out there because I mean he could be a jerk and just take all that money and keep it for himself and rap. But I mean he's, you yeah. uh, like he sponsors uh you know the town softball team. Um, you know he does a lot for the community. Um, during Halloween he turned man camp into like um a haunted house for the kids and stuff. Um, uh, I don't know. He's a really good guy. I think. Um, I don't think they really show him as a jerk on TV. Um. Oh, they show some down at right tear down fights between him and his dad. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Him and his father, you know, have issues, but <laughs> mm. um, yeah, I don't know. That's the only thing, um, you know, that's definitely real. They they definitely they definitely yell at each other, but then the very next day, they'll like Sean will have a party at his place, and you know, the dad's there and kids there, and then. They're getting along just fine. Uh, but yeah, no, they definitely have fights. Uh, well, this here's another one, but we already went over this. Uh, Gold Hunter 77. Steve, what was your scariest moment? But we kind of went over that earlier. Yeah. Uh, just real quickly, what was it again? You. Um... Well, I had, two, I, I had two, two times with the air, and I think the first time was scariest because i was way out there uh, under the ice and way out there so yeah 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 we went over that but uh that was pretty much yeah steve ran out of air when he was like 85 feet from the ice hole uh brad welch what is the deepest you have ever worked the dredge me is 33 feet yeah that's about my my max too yeah one atmosphere, pretty much one atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. It was it was kind of scary. It's dark down there. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It, it, freaky. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it does get freaky because uh, if you run out of air, you just know how you're just so deep and you got lead weights on. Not only that, you, I mean, it's, I, I don't know. I always had like a seven millimeter thick suit on and then big, huge gloves, big, thick neoprene gloves. So like if there is an emergency, it's not like, you feel like you feel right now you ever see christmas story and the kid that's all wrapped up in the stuff trying to walk down the, that's what you feel like when you're in your dice yeah. you know and not only yeah. that so you have all the stuff and, and you and you have like a hundred pound lead weight on you so right just, um you take a breath and your mask just sucks to your face because there's no air and you got these huge things it's not like you can start like easily taking weight belts off it's it's like you got to take your gloves off to like get to stuff and like try to get back up and 
and in i don't know it, it's just freaky being that deep just knowing that you yeah. have to go that, it's just psychologically um theoretically you know we all should carry like bailout bottles and you know um on vernon's boat at least we did have a second octopus line which was really cool so we had a whole separate air system and a whole separate line with a mouthpiece but the problem with that is if you right. run out of air you have a full face mask right if you run out of air right. you got to take you got to take that whole mask off and now you're blind you can't see and you can't breathe and that huge rush of cold like 30 degree water hitting your face kind of puts you in shock and then you got to like feel around and try to find that octopus thing and then you pop that in your mouth now at least you have air but now you're still 33 feet down you got air and you're blind you can't see there's just seawater well, in your well, you can see, but it's just not clear. It's not the vi your vision is very impaired, but you can see objects. You know, I don't know if you open your eyes down there. I, I don't oh, know. absolutely! No well, mask well, on. My first, when I when I had um, a season of ice was was Zeke's boat, was Zeke's outfit, and then the second season of ice, I put together a a. a a whole operation. I hired Brad Kelly and I hired uh, Grant Wilkins and um, his friend and myself. And I instructed them all. And I did this too. We go down to the bottom of the ladder under ice and we stabilize for a minute. And then you take off your mask and you had to wait 30 seconds before you plugged in the bailout bottle. So you had to kind of go through this this whole scenario of you running out of air and then you got 30 seconds of fumbling around. Finally, you, you connect up and then you had to wait for two minutes with the bailout bottle and then you could surface. And all of us did that. Brad did it. I did it. And when I did it, when I took off my mask, my hood came off. Oh, and man. so I had brain brain freeze i had oh, super geez. brain freeze put the hood back on oh my i thought i was gonna die oh man I mean, it, it was oh it was bad anyway so i did that and then i plugged myself in and i think it's super important to practice safety procedures uh you know yeah. what what you might run into down there so you when you run into it you don't panic and kill yourself no that's true i, I did that on my scuba test um uh... We practiced it a whole bunch of times in the pool. We would take our mask off. But, I mean, that was in a pool where it's warm water and, you know, you're eight feet deep or whatever. Yeah. And when we took our test, we did it in Boston Harbor. I think we we're 30 feet deep. But then the thing with that is uh, when we are on the test, there was like 15 people around you in case you had an emergency. Like, you know, they'd come and help you out. But, but yeah, we, right. we had our mask off and then get our octopus and put it on. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, up in Nome, though, I don't know if you have an emergency. It's it just, it's just kind of freaky and scary. Just being thirty-three feet. Just, I mean, luckily I never had an. I mean, I ran out of air lots of times, but I was able to make it back. But I mean, I never had an instant where you just instant off air like a like a line broke or something. Um, in that case, it would just be freaky. Just does Nome have way. a good trauma center? Uh, they have a hospital uh -huh. there. But Yeah, um, I don't know how good the hospital is, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, let me see. 
Uh, Mr. Lordak wants to know in in your uh, what is the biggest piece of gold Steve got to take home? <laughs> Most of the gold in the Bering Sea has been ground up by glaciers so much that there's a very rare to find a nugget. Yeah. The biggest nugget I ever had was just right, just about this big at the end of my finger, you know, right there, the end of my little finger is that's the biggest nugget. And I don't know of very many nuggets much bigger, not, not the Bering Sea. Yeah. Yeah. Now this, this summer actually, cause uh, we dove, uh, we dove 42 feet, 44 feet or something like that this, this past summer. And wow. uh, we found bigger gold for the first time. The first two years I was out there, it was it's all super micro gold, very, very small, very, very few pickers. Like and even if we did find a picker, it was like maybe a quarter gram. But actually I got a jar over here. Uh this year we got a bunch of like half grammers and three quarter grammers, and I think my biggest one is uh one point three grams. Um we found a couple bigger, but I gave those to the divers because they the, you know, we split up the nuggets. Uh I think the the biggest one we got this year was maybe three grams. But yeah, it's typically really ground up gold, very small. But deeper we went out, we were finding better stuff. But yeah, I mean, um, maybe a three grammar is the biggest that we've ever found. They showed a few on TV from, um, I don't know, if, I forget which cast members, but they, they claim to find big ones. I don't know if that's true or not. I kind of find it hard to believe because. I spent three years out there, only found a three grammar, but you never know. Um, oh, Gold wants to know: Would you go work for Tony Beats? Tony Beats? Yeah, in a minute. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he runs um, the big operation in Yukon. Uh huh. He doesn't really dredge out there, but he, oh, sure, he's kind of like Vernon though. Dredge. I think he yells a lot like Vernon. <laughs> well, well, hey, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm halfway to being a cat skinner. You know, I got, oh, I don't know, 15, 20 hours in a cat. And I got a, 150 hours in an excavator. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a good go. beginner. So what the heck? No, I, I did this stuff on my own other, other places. No, I, I mean, never if you Tony, you think, you think it could. Put it right in that oh, wash absolutely. plant. Oh, I could put it right in the wash plant. Oh, I could. Oh, uh, yeah. There you I, go. Oh, I could. I picked up tennis balls with with a excavator. Now picked up Dang. tennis balls, put them in. You know, pick them up and put them into the basket. I did that. Jeez, that's good, pal. Yeah, yeah I'm just he'll be opening up pop bottles with the. Yeah, with nah, the not tea. for a few years. Not for a few <laughs> years. Yeah. Uh, Miss yeah. Lodek, so um. Are there more kids than adults in Nome? Um, chicken brown cow. <laughs> no, I think I told them the stories before. So, like, in Nome, there's, like, the Nome people, they just have so many kids. And uh, it's just a small town that the kids just all run around and they're all by themselves. Like, I've seen so many, like, five- and six-year-old kids, like, pushing baby carriages around and stuff, the little brothers and sisters. Um, they're just free range up there. So you just see so many kids and there's no bedtime. And then like you get out of the bar, like if you go drinking or whatever, you get out of the bar. It's like yeah. one in the morning, dude, you're like yeah. dodging, have one eye over, you're like trying to dodge like kids all over the place. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, up there, the, the the woman, man, they have a lot of, they're big families in them. Like all the natives, they just keep pumping them out. Um, well, there's something cultural going on yeah. there, Brian. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a I might remind you about, yeah. Yeah, well, in the in the native culture, um, you know, the in Alaska in the summer, it was the time to work. And you had to work your butt off all summer hard because winter was coming and there was very little food. So the life there was really, really hard before whites came with the technology and kind of softened things up. I mean, it's hard enough in Nome now with, with our technology, but in the day... It was super hard. And so they let the kids have kind of a life that they didn't work. They just let them goof off. But then as soon as they were 11, 12, 13, you know, the curtain dropped and it was time to work. So traditionally in the native culture, the young children are are just free. They just let let them have a little happy life, you know, because it's going to get tough. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing to a gnome is for the natives, like uh, back in the day, if you think about it, all the food up there is huge. Like they did a lot of whaling, um, whales, you know, thousands of pounds and walruses, yeah. they would, walruses those are 2000 pounds, um, muskox, moose. If you think about it, the animals up in, in gnome, they're huge or big, you know, grizzly bears. Um, so when they went out hunting, you know, they usually had plenty to share with the whole community. So you know, so long as people bag these big animals, they could have big families, big, uh, you know, communities because they shared the food. And, you know, if someone got a whale, it probably kept the whole village, you know, fed for months. But, yeah, no, there's a lot of kids in Nome. Uh, they're, they're everywhere. <laughs> they do. They free range. Yeah. And there's no bedtime. I mean, be like two in the morning, dude, that they're in the playground no. swinging. Uh, it's, it's funny, you know. Because it's still light time, like at least in the summer. Uh, that's how they communicate. I don't know what that question means. Uh, last one here, full of gold. Uh, will the sea ever be mined out because you're limited to how deep you can dive? Well, then I we'll just get it. a machine that we can go 80 feet. The um, the, the uh, Casa, the Casa uh, de Paga it mines at 60 and 80 feet. So you just have to eliminate the diver, go yep. with the remote. And yeah. So what pretty I much right now, I'll go ahead, Ed. Um, from what I understand of the Bering Sea and ocean in general, you have storms, right? And it reconcentrates the beach along with the ocean bottom, you know, and so brings up what gold was deep before it overturns like say we have a massive flood and it moves the whole stream bottom instead of a smaller flood that only moves a few inches of the stream bottom you know what i mean so yeah uh, no i get you um I really haven't noticed that like at 30 feet, like uh, we dove after a couple of really big storms and um, you'll have sand like move, like light sand will kind of move in on what was once gravel fields. And now you go to dive and it's a sandbar or something, but I don't think, I mean, close to shore. Yeah. I mean, definitely 
pumbles the shoreline but like once you start getting like a half mile out into like 30 feet of water i really don't think the like the gravel doesn't really move or the gold i don't think too much so once an area has been kind of dredged it's kind of it's kind of mined out unless you get closer to the to the you know to the the beach then yeah that gold moves a lot um but pretty much what uh what i kind of see happening now in gnome is uh you know most of these divers, they can only dive up to 32 feet because that's your your one atmosphere, right? So pretty much from the beach to 32 feet has really been pretty heavily mined. So the next kind of thing is going on is they want to go over 32 feet because that section really hasn't been hit too much. And the only way to really do that is to either do what Vernon did um, this year, which was get the nitrox system. So now our divers can go... Um, you know, 45 feet is what we're diving this year because we had the nitrox system, which just pumps more oxygen into the divers so they can go down longer. But you're still limited to, um, I think it was three hours and 20 minutes. Um, you can't dive more than that. And then the diver has to take three hours and 20 minutes off before they could dive again. So right. you're kind of limited to even with nitrox. Um, but what I see happening, um, the new thing is, is the crawlers because the crawlers they can go down at any depth from 10 feet to, to 50 or 60 feet. So there's been a couple of crawlers now in Nome that have been running for like 10 years and they keep coming back every year and they never tell anyone what they're getting, but I know they're getting a lot. Those guys are rich, you know, they're getting a lot of gold. Um, but now you see Vernon, Vernon just bought a crawler. Chris McCulley just bought a crawler and then the Kelly's just got a crawler. So the next step you're going to start seeing in Nome is people with crawlers um and they can go and get the deeper gold so the next gold rush is that you know 35 to 45 50 feet range which really hasn't been hit no but everything below the 30 feet has been really hammered you know just like just like a main prospecting stream in your home down that you go it's just been hammered and hammered and hammered you know that's what gnome looks like at 30 feet but the 40 foot line is kind of still virgin so you'll be seeing like a kind of a gold rush of uh, crawlers, you know. That's what I think. I I could see that. I could see that. Um, well, we're a half hour into overtime. I greatly appreciate it, Steve. But unfortunately, I gotta wake up really early. <laughs> mm. Unlike Brian, you know. Mm. Uh, unlike my friend Brian here, huh, Brian? Uh, nah, Brian doesn't I'm, need to wake up. I, Brian's I, already awake. <laughs> yeah, I know, Moto. I know. Uh, um, I I appreciate you coming on and joining Brian and I tonight. I I've been requested already to try and get you back again in the future, if that would be possible, if you had a good enough time to come back, that is. Absolutely, Ed, I'll come back. Oh, it was a good show. Uh, we got to prove everyone tonight that Steve is a normal guy. He's not completely insane. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Most of the time. Most of the time, he's pretty normal. No guarantees tomorrow. <laughs> right. Uh, all of you out there, thank you very much for joining Brian, Steve, and myself tonight. Uh, it was awesome having all of you here. Uh, next week is Open Line Tuesday, so you never know who might call in. 
Um, and on that note, geez, I hate to say it, but I have to. Um, shoot, I almost messed it up. Um, until next time, may you always have a flash in your pen. And you know what I like to say, right, Brian? Because it does happen. Yeah. Uh, maybe one day, too, we'll meet you. meet you on the river. Good night, everybody. God bless. Love you all. See you next hey, time. Yeah. We're out of here. Later. Good night. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Thank you all very much. Five, four, three, two, one.